is up everybody i didn't even mute my phone before we started oh my god okay what's up everybody tanner here part of the all you can hear uh podcast network whatever you want to call it and today i'm bringing you uh, something a little special uh i figured i've watched a ton of wrestling this year so and we are just now just halfway through the year so i figured i would bring you my uh my wrestler of the year list so far it's 100 wrestlers so you know buckle up it's gonna be a long one I got a beverage here. It's a sun-kissed zero sugar. <laughs> uh, so don't think, you know, we're getting toasty. Not not today. Um, Just a few parameters, I guess, before we get started here. Um, I don't claim to have watched everything. I feel like I've watched a lot this year, but uh, I'm not an insane person, just not able to watch everything. There are a ton of gaps I want to fill in before the end of the year before say the Chris 100 or just my personal list or other, you know, end of the year wrestling related award shows I may be affiliated with. I want to, you know, fill in some gaps. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So also I went from January 1st to July 1st solely because we, uh, Colt Winslow and I went to ICW no holds barred in Chattanooga a couple weeks ago and it was June 30th to and July 1st. So I feel like discounting one of the shows I just saw live, it was kind of, it just felt like a weird cutting off point. And there was a major WWE show that day. So it just felt weird. Um, and plus some people made some very strong cases seeing live. So I'm just throwing it out there. It's not January 1st to June 30th. It is January 1st to July 1st for this list only. You can complain about, oh, it's not, you know, that's not six months or six months, whatever. Just is how it is. That's how I'm doing it. Um, I will have timestamps. I'll, I'll try to have timestamps for 100 through 76, 75 to 51, 50 to 26, and 25 to 1, maybe even 25 to 11, and then the top 10. Um, just kind of depends how long winded I get about some of these wrestlers. Some of these wrestlers are just not going to be a whole bunch to say, or others, especially as we get higher up into the numbers, you know, I, I have legitimate cases for. So, um, I guess without further ado, we can get started. I'm also going to be throwing out match wrecks. So I realize that's going to be a lot throwing out match wrecks for 100 wrestlers as we're going through this list. So if you ever just want to be like, hey, you mentioned this guy and I can't, you know, I'm not going to scroll through three hours of podcast to see what matches you recommended. I don't remember. Can you hit me up? You're always free to hit me up. You know, Tanner1495 on Twitter. And I guess that's it. My spreadsheet with my final ranking will be linked in this podcast. Uh, I'm not going to tweet it out. <laughs> Please give us that engagement on the podcast. Uh, this list will not be tweeted out by me anyways. I mean, I guess if you click on the podcast and tweet it out yourself, it's, you know, kind of fucking weird, but you know, your prerogative. But uh, yeah, so let's just get started. Oh, uh, <laughs> last thing. I want to mention there's no honorable mentions for the for this list just because it's already 100 wrestlers it's already a lot so without further ado let's get started all right so my number 100 i think <laughs> i didn't mean for this to happen oh i guess i should also mention there is no math based in my rankings i know some of my friends they 
keep spreadsheets. It's like, well, a three star. And I, I did it for a year and I do love the math component of it. But at the end of the day, I feel like for wrestler of the year, it really does come down down to gut feeling like somebody can have matches that are better than another wrestler, but I can't enjoy another wrestler more. And we'll probably, <laughs> you're going to see a very clear cut case for that here. Like literally with 199. So I just want to say like no numbers involved. This is a 100% like wrestlers that have stood out to me and have made a, like a note in my mind at some point throughout the year with no numbers involved. Like, obviously there is some match consideration to go into it. Like I can't put a wrestler that I've seen one match from at number one, just not possible. But otherwise there's like no numbers based. All right. So here we go. After that long preamble, we can get to it. And there will be a timestamp for that too. All right. Number 100. <laughs> I have Will Ospreay. I know what a bunch of people are thinking right off the bat. Oh, Tanner, isn't he in your match of the year? Yes, that is correct. However, I've seen two Will Ospreay matches this year, both against Kenny Omega, the Wrestle Kingdom match and the Forbidden Door match. The Forbidden Door match, as of right now, is my match of the year. Correct. The Wrestle Kingdom match, I thought was great. I I didn't have it at like match of the year level i don't even think it's like the best match of the first week of january from this year like it's at this point it would probably be god maybe top 30 of the year top 40 even um so two great matches however i really can't get into some of osprey's work uh, i understand that like he is herald as a fantastic wrestler there are some critics that Based on their metrics, he's like the greatest wrestler ever. I don't see it. Whatever. Um, I will say in both the Omega matches, I did enjoy his intensity. Um, he bought to those matches. He bled great in both those matches, uh, especially the Forbidden Door match. I think that uh, the Tiger Driver 91, Stormbreaker 93, whatever the hell you call it. I think that discourse is stupid. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, tons of things to not like Will Ospreay for. I don't think that's one of the reasons. Um, so, th I mean, that's it. He, I I knew I had to have him on this list. I, he is a wrestler I never think about. He is, like I said, he is in my match of the year. I would be shocked if a match dethrones it without, you know, currently as of, like, no rewatches for the year. But I just, I don't think about it. He leaves no impressionable mark on me through time. And I guess... That is a way of saying that match could fall on a rewatch. But as of right now, that is my match of the year. And that is why Will Ospreay sneaks onto the list at number 100. All right, let's see. Number 99. Everybody's favorite WWE superstar. We got Bad Bunny. Uh, so Bad Bunny, as you know, <laughs> has had one match this year uh, versus Damian Priest at, uh, I guess, WrestleMania Backlash. Is that what the... Puerto Rican show was called. I maybe should have looked that up. I ha also have my spreadsheet here with like show names. So like by which my match spreadsheet. Yeah. WWE backlash. All right. So I mean, <laughs> he's like a super great like face in peril. Like the, the crowd reaction alone, the match could have been dog shit. And with the crowd, reaction and the entrance he had i probably would have put him on here at number 100 
So the fact that he had a legitimately great match, probably the best match of Damian Priest's career, uh, and I've been watching him since like Monster Factory days. Like I've been watching him for a bit. Uh, and not to say he was any slouch in it. I, he also had a fantastic performance. But Bad Bunny was just incredible in that match. The way the crowd connected with him, it, it was it was just really special to see. Probably second best WWE match of the year. I can think of one I would have ahead of it handedly. But like at worst, this is the second best WWE match of the year. I could I can see an argument for Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn from WrestleMania ahead of it. I personally don't have it as high as this. I would have that maybe three or four. But this is to me number two, possibly number one best match WWE all year. So Bad Bunny sneaks onto the list. Also, it's like any anytime these celebrities like pop in and they're just like automatically just like really good you know people are like oh well, they're rich they can dedicate all their time to it like bad bunny's doing other shit it's not like he's trying to be a wrestler 24 7 so the fact that he can even put together something that is somewhat competent let alone fantastic is great to me so that's good stuff number 98 we have one of my favorites of all time just <laughs> he's so good i love him anytime he pops up we have yutaka yoshi who has not wrestled a ton this year. I've seen a couple, but the one match that stands out to me is uh, it's a six-man tag from February 26th, All Japan Show. Uh, Nagata, Yoshi, and Yuma Anzai, who is like All Japan's latest like trainee, uh, really good. He's been wrestling for like a year and a half, but he's all, like already gotten a triple crown shot. He's really good. If you're not paying, if you're not paying attention to All Japan this year. This list hopefully will change your mind. Uh, versus Suwama and the Saito brothers, June Saito and Rei Saito. Phenomenal match. Yoshi, anytime he matches up with uh, pretty much any other big man, he has lost weight. So he's not like at his like peak bulk since, you know, like his heyday, whatever you want to count his heyday as. But he is still phenomenal. I would say he's just as agile as ever. And the fact that he can still put on these great performances when needed the five times he's maybe wrestled five times last year is just really awesome to see. I love to see it. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. This match, I went three and three fourths on it, but that's what gets him on the list. And you may be wondering, oh, well, how does he end up at number 98 over Bad Bunny, who's 99 with a four and a half star match and Will Ospreay at number 105 again? Gut based. Who would I rather watch more than Bad Bunny and Will Ospreay? I'd rather watch Yutaka Yoshi. So that's that's that. Number ninety seven. Um, maybe a little bit controversial. Probably is. Uh, not like the best human being ever. Uh, we have Necro Butcher. Uh, like look, bad dude. He can still wrestle. Uh, he's still highly entertaining in a wrestling ring. Hate the fucking gimmick. Uh, which is what stops him from ending up any higher than 97. But, I mean, he still punches. He, like, he still has one of the best punches in the business. Still, you know, will bleed like a madman. I, I desperately, I wish I could have watched, and that is one huge blind spot you will see on this list, is uh, 95% of, like, my Big Japan viewing I just haven't been able to do this year. Um, just, I just haven't gotten big Japan core for being honest. It 
just haven't gotten it. But he had a, a tour over there. So Necro Butcher, the, I have two matches. He wrestled Schlock. He, he wrestled Dilf Boy. If you're not going to watch him, whatever, I'm not going to talk you into it. But like, if you are interested to see what 2023 Necro Butcher looks like, not as bad as you would think. And, it, you know, so that's, you know, maybe watch the match on mute because it's a little problematic. All right, number 96, we have Shuji Kondo. So, and I, I know that name wasn't mispronounced, but if I do mispronounce the name, I do apologize. I, you know, just kind of comes with the territory. Uh, had a hell of a run in Noah as like just the big Congo junior the first half of the year. Um, so, I mean, really, pretty much anything you watch him in is at least entertaining. I'm trying to see here, like, specific matches, like, I've made note of. Like, I do have one um, Dragon Gate match. It's uh, Yamato, Shuji, Kondo, Naruki Doi, yeah, Doi, and Don Fuji versus, like, the younger generation of the, the Dragon Gate guys. So you have, like, uh, Nagano and Minorita, I say. Like, that match is a ton of fun. It's just like the Dragon Gate veterans versus the Dragon Gate, like, rookies. Ton of fun. Um, again, just as, the like, the big junior in Congo. Uh, Noah ran, like, a, a Congo and Noah native roster tag tournament at the beginning of the year. And the final match is uh, Kojima, Satoshi Kojima, and Shuji Kondo teaming up against uh, Nakajima and uh, Yoshioka. And that match is phenomenal. I, I still think that may be one of the most underrated matches of the year. I think you should take time, go out and watch it, because it's great. But he, he's been consistently fun in everything I've seen him in. He hasn't had like a... He, like, he's the fourth guy in that match, but he's still good. He's just like number four in that match. And he But he has been consistently good all year. Number 95. It hates me, or pains me, <laughs> to have him this low. I wish I could have found a higher spot for him. But we have Hiroshi Tanahashi. Look, I know. I, I love Tanahashi. I think he's genuinely, for a best of the decade, like 2010s list, he would probably make like top 15. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people for greatest wrestler ever would have him top 25. Maybe a sun kiss wasn't a good idea because now I'm burping. Um, Would maybe have him like top 25. He's just, and he's still good this year. It's just pains me to why, like, he's clearly, like, sl has slowed down to, like, a screeching halt. Like, it, like, his knees just can't keep up with him anymore. He still has all the charisma in the world. He still has very good matches this year. I've enjoyed all the six-man, the never six-man title stuff he's done. Um, I think that match with MJF at Forbidden Door was a pile of doo-doo. I don't completely blame it on him, but he was in the match. So, you know, uh, and I just think he I, I wish I could have gotten him high on this list. I just couldn't in good conscience do it because in all of those six man tags, he's like by far the worst person in it. But he ends up higher than a lot because I've seen a good bit from him. So he is one of those guys that gets on the list from quantity over quality. Um. And maybe, you know, he has a miracle G1 run. Somehow his knees work again. We see flashes of, like, 2014 Tanahashi. 
and you know, great, he makes a run for it. Um, but yeah, I, number ninety five again. Go watch any of the Never Six Man Open Title matches with him, Okada and Ishii teaming. They're they're both fantastic. I think there's only two. He has some other like under the radar stuff. Like I loved uh, the match with him, uh, Kijimuto and Shota Umino versus uh, Los Ingobernables from Wrestle Kingdom. That's a ton of fun. But yeah, that I mean that that's kind of been his year. It's just been like the six man in six man tags. So. And, oh, and he does have the match with Okada, which is like a uh, kind of a miracle that happened at a uh, battle in the Valley. I think is what that show was called. The new Japan show from February. Now I'm going to look it up. The one that had a uh, Mercedes uh, Monet on there. Oh, he also had a, like a not like super great match with Kenta. I mean, it was good. It was fine, but like nothing to write home about. But yeah, that's, that's been Tanahashi's year so far. At number 94, we have, and I'm sorry about this. I do not know how to pronounce his first name. I want to say, <laughs> man, Phantom Sack Toba. Uh, he, in case you just can't not visualize, like, what the hell did Tanner just say? He's the guy that will occasionally show up in DDT with the boxing gloves. He does the, like, the boxing gimmick. He's a, he's real fun. But uh, this year, he has shown up in DDT once. But he really made his case for me with there's a tag match from a uh, Gone Bear Pro from January 28th. It's Mizuki Wataze and Tyson Maiguchi versus Ken Oka and Toba. That is a phenomenal tag match. One of my favorite tag matches of the entire year. Just a ton of fun. I highly, highly recommend it's on YouTube for free. Like. I think every Gone Bear Pro show is. So definitely seek it out. The name of the show is. Well, shit. I just had it up. Name of the show is. Gone Bear Pro Transporter 2023. So you should watch that. One of my favorite tag matches of the year. Also has a match with Drew Parker at one of the Baka uh, Gaijin shows. Uh, that's a uh, pretty fun, pretty short. And then he has a six man tag from DDT that I thought was quite fun against, uh, Toy Kojima, Shinya, Shinya, why did I say that? Shinya, uh, Aoki and Yuki Ueno versus Sakaguchi, Toba and Hikaru Mashida, uh, from Sweet Dreams. Same show as, uh, Hino versus Higuchi, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, the, all three of his. Anytime he makes tape, you should watch him because he's just wildly entertaining. He has such a like a great charisma about him. Uh, and if you like punches and wrestling, well, he delivers in spades. Let's see, number ninety three. We have uh, Kose Fujita. He has made his case really off of just a couple of matches. Um, so we have. Here, give me just a moment. So he has a match against the the Noah Young Boys from uh, the New Japan Noah Wrestle Kingdom show. He teams with uh, Oya versus Ozawa and Yano. Uh, the Noah Young Boys, not like you know Toru Yano, but uh, which is a ton of fun. Highly recommend everybody check that one out. Uh, he just has like such a good grasp on everything. I hope to God they make him a heavyweight. I'm not sure if they will. He also has a great match uh, 
Heat teams again with Young Lions, uh, Nakashima and Oya once again versus Suwama and the Saito brothers from the February 19th All Japan show. Super awesome. And I believe he has another appearance on an All Japan show. Let me, I'm almost positive he does. Yeah. Okay. And he has another match team with those same Young Lions versus uh, Ryuki, Honda, Oji Shiba, and Ryo uh, Inoue. Again, I, I'm sure I'm butchering those names, but it's from the 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 All Japan Champion Carnival Finals night, uh, night ten. For those looking, super fun. I mean, he's just like constantly the standout in all those all those matches. I really need to go through one blind spot I have. I think they ran like a miniature Young Lions Cup earlier this year. They did essentially a round robin tournament with all the New Japan Young Lions. I can't imagine that being bad, and I'm sure he has some matches where he's like teaming with Zack Saber Jr. That are probably pretty good that I need to watch, but I would expect him to go higher on the list. Okay. Number 92. <laughs> I think some people are going to be mad at me because I have him this low. I have Adam page. He has been in some great matches this year. I think both the Moxley matches are great. I think the 10 man from forbidden door is fantastic. I just, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't do it for me. Like, uh, I, I realize, like, he, he is good in those Moxley matches. I have never really been compelled by another Adam Page singles match. He just doesn't do it for me as a singles performer. Um, And, like, for instance, in that 10-man tag, he, he, was, he was maybe the ninth best guy in the match. Like... And like nothing against him, it just it just doesn't work for me. And you know, every wrestler doesn't have to work for everybody. Whatever. Um, the character itself, I should like. It seems like something I would like. I just sometimes it doesn't connect there. Uh, and he has a lot of stuff I like. Like I said, that the second Moxley match from Revolution, I guess. Yeah, Revolution, fantastic in my top ten for the whole year. Uh, their match from Dynamite from January or whatever, fantastic. Like I said, the Forbidden Door match, fantastic. It's just, it's not connecting somewhere. There's a loose end, just not doing it for me. Um, so that's why he makes it onto the list at 92. I should also mention before people are like, oh, they're too low on the list. All 100 of these wrestlers on this list, I genuinely enjoy to some extent. Um, I'm not going to say, like, I... They're like this list. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, some number 100 doesn't excite me as much as number one, but number 100 is better than a whole hell of a lot of wrestlers I've watched this year. So it's just one of the because it's just one of those things, you know, you just I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to make excuses for probably comments I'm making up, but all right. Number 91, we have Masato Tanaka. His case, uh, I, again, somebody else I would like to have gotten higher on this list. Uh, he had a great title match with uh, Masa Kitamiya from the New Year's Day Zero One show. He's had a few appearances in Noah here and there, but that Masa match is really like the match you need to go out of your way to see from him. Somebody I would like to get higher. I have a huge Zero One backlog. I need to make my way through from the first half of the year, not even to mention that the fire festival is going on right now. So that's like six or seven singles matches that will probably add to his case. So 
Uh, that's all I can say. But definitely go out of your way to watch the Masakita Mia title match from January 1st. It's great. Number 90 is a wrestler I'd never heard of prior to <laughs> this year. Uh, we have Crazy Zako on the list. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't know, there is a, I guess, a wrestling promotion called uh, XGF. It's like a backyard deathmatch fed in Japan. <laughs> he had a match with Monster Halloween. Highly, 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 highly recommend you go out of your way to see it. I'm not as high on that match as others, um, but like it's it's great. It's phenomenal. Everybody should watch it. He also has a nine-man tag at the CWP NKW AZW Wrestle in Japan Fest. Like It's like an indie, a, not even an indie. It's like an, the amateur scene Super Summit. Uh, it's nine-man tag. Let's see, I'm trying to remember who's all in it. It's like, I, again, you're never going to have... I'm not going to tell you the pr- participants in it because it doesn't matter, but Crazy Zako is great in it. Everybody in that match is fantastic. If you want a link for that show, hit me up. It, it I, It's on YouTube for free, but so you can search it. But like, if you just can't find it, because it, it may be in like proper... like The title may be in Japanese, I'm not sure. So hit me up because I, I do think people need to watch this match. It's kind of... It's interesting rules. It's very... Like they're pulling billboard or billboards. Uh, oh my god, clipboards off like ropes, and people are coming in here, there, everywhere. It's goofy, but it's like also like a really well worked match. So I highly recommend going out of your way to see it again. I will help you find it if you need help finding it. All right, number 89, kind of like. The King, uh, you know, I guess people <laughs> take that one way or the other. Uh, we have uh, Senshiro Takagi, you know, owner of DDT. I love Takagi. <laughs> he never fails to not make me laugh. So just seeing him is always a treat, but he has some of my favorite performances. Like pandemic era ddt like he had a ton of fun stuff he had like a match in a warehouse with abdullah kobayashi that was a ton of fun he him and um dino did like a proper like street fighter tekken like match with health bards and everything like right at the very start of the lockdown in japan so like i have a soft spot in my heart for takagi but he's had some really fun performances this year. Like nothing again, nothing super mind blowing. But like he he has a six man tag with Onita. That's a ton of fun. He has a match where he teams with Abe against uh, Chris Brooks and uh, Takeshi Masada, which is like one of DDT's newest trainees. Um, I'm trying to see if anything else here that like really stands out. Nothing else that like really stands out. But he had he has a lot of fun matches. So like. He has a floor for me where pretty much anything I watch him in will at least be, like, good. And it's very hard for me to not like one of his matches. Where he's just one of those guys where he's, like, he's not hitting, you know, the four and a half, four and three quarters mark. But he's consistently hitting, like, that two and three thirds to three and a half range. That's just, like, that consistency builds, you know, over time. And if I end up watching 40 matches of his this year with an average of, say, three and a quarter... Like, I mean, that's a great year in my opinion. Okay. Let's see. Up next, first wrestler I've seen live this year? Yes. Okay. 
Number 88, we have Gringo Loco, uh, kind of like, I guess, indie lucha extraordinaire, uh, at least on the American scene this year. Uh, saw the match with uh, at GCW Take a Picture Live against Aries. Ton of fun. Also has... Oh, oh shit. Where am I at? Also has like the the Vikingo match. I haven't seen the Commander match. I believe it's against Commander. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I mean he he does his style better than like anybody else should. Also, like the best base in wrestling. So just based off of that, I need to get him on this list. So yeah, he makes the list at 88. Number 87, another another like US indie mainstay. We have Brian Keith, um, who has a phenomenal match with Kevin Koo from this year. Let me, I'll get you a date for it. It's in Time Bomb Pro. Uh, I think it was in January or February. It's it's in my like four star plus match thread on Twitter. It's from January 12th. And I believe I also have a link included because it's on YouTube for free or at least was. Time Bomb Pro, Holiday All Hell uh, from January 12th. Uh, it's phenomenal uh two out of three falls super just like i mean it's extremely hard hitting the time bomb pro venue is like on like a venue i've ever seen so it's kind of worth it just to see it for that but then it's also like one of the best matches that's been on the u.s indies this year in my opinion and then uh just if you're watching 2023 pwg his match with sb kento from the opening round of bola was also really good so I'd recommend going out of your way to see that. But pretty much, I, Brian Keith is somebody I need to make more time for because he works a style I love. I just got to carve out the time to watch him. And unlike, a, you know, somebody from, say, New Japan, it is harder tracking down, the like, an indie guy. Like, I mean, even Gringo Loco, who works a lot of GCW, or Brian Keith, is they're working all these different promotions, and you have to track down all these promotions versus, like, a guy that is primarily in one promotion. So I, I need to do better with that, and hopefully I can get some of these guys a little bit higher because I do genuinely enjoy their work, and I think they would be higher if I had just seen more. All right, number 86. Somebody, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, hey, where does this person end up on your top 100? I would have said not at all. Nowhere on the list. Uh, we have Juice Robinson, uh, who has just been on a run, really, on a collision. Real, I mean, is what causes it. I Again, I'm not counting the uh, recent tag match against FTR. Uh, he also has the TNT title match against Darby Allin at the beginning of the year on Rampage. That, you know, is a lot of fun. But the, the six-man tags or the six-man, sorry, the six-man tag and the eight-man tag from Collision 1 and 2 make his case. I, I oh God, honestly think he's probably like the second. Mm. And the first match, he's probably the third best guy. In the second match, he... Mm, no, that's probably not right. He's probably like the... He's like the fifth best guy in the first match, and he's probably the fourth best guy in the second match, but it's still really good. And, you know, he's working with like legitimate all timers in some of those matches. So that alone gets him on the list. 
I saw him live at an AEW house show rules. He wrestled, uh, oh shit. What's his name? It didn't make my spreadsheet. Oh my God. The dude that, uh, like Ryback, like you, Pat Buck. He did a, <laughs> I don't know why I associate Pat Buck with Ryback. That can't just be like a false memory thing, but he wrestled Pat Buck on the show. It, it was fun for what it was. It just barely missed the sheet, but. He's a really fun performer. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he went from NXT to New Japan. Now he's back on like American television. I think working that American TV style after doing like the crazy 20, 25 minute epic New Japan kind of house style uh, has really helped him. So I, I think he will only improve on this list unless something happens. And, I mean, I've already heard great things about the FTR match. From I've tried not to watch any matches from outside of my window before I put this list together. I didn't want anything, you know, fighting against where I had people. But I heard that match was great. I think they have a two out of three falls match coming up. Maybe on by the time you're hearing this, this week's collision. Maybe next week's collision. So I can only imagine his case is only going to go higher. Up next at 85. We have Virus, somebody I really want to get higher on this list. It's just, again, I, I haven't seen enough. I, I think I've seen four matches with Virus in it so far this year. Um, all the Lightning matches are great or are fun for what they are. But if you really want to see like a great Virus performance, you need to watch the Blue Panther match. It is great. It blows my mind that like people can do that, especially like... You know, you look at Virus, you look at Blue Panther, you're not looking at, like, your typical idea of an athlete. They're doing shit I could never in my dreams dream about doing. And then they're just, like, killing it. It's a phenomenal match. Highly recommend everybody watch it. Um, but anytime you see Virus, you're guaranteed, like, he's, again, one of those guys. Floor rating of, a, like, a three. Like, you're just not getting out of there not being entertained by him. Even if the match itself isn't three, his performance is at least good. So I like anytime you see Virus, just watch it. You're not going to be disappointed, but definitely go out of your way to watch that Blue Panther match. It is good shit. Number 84, somebody else uh, that really probably the first case of a guy outside of 100. Well, even then, when, uh, that's not even the case. Pretty much the guy that uh, gets on this list based off the strength of a singular match. And that is Mike Bennett. Um, I know I'm just as shocked. So the match that gets him on this list is the five-way tag team ladder match from Supercard of Honor. I believe I talked about this match with Chris on the second episode of Muscle Orchestra, or the third, third episode, third episode of Muscle Orchestra. Um, so I kind of go in detail about that, but he and Matt Taven, Bleed Buckets, uh, the Wrestling Lucha Brothers, LFI, Top Flight, and Aussie Open. So, like, pretty good teams, like, working with, but they are by far the standouts in this match. Um, I guess to just point you in the direction of, like, really one singular performance, he is pretty good in the Darby Allen TNT title match from, like, January of this year. I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but he's pretty good in that. But that ladder match is fantastic. One of my favorite spot fests in a number of years. And I think he's probably the best guy in it. So, highly recommend that. 
Number 83, somebody else that's a little new to me this year. I had heard of them, but I just have never seen them. Is uh, Yuki Ishida from DDT. If I can spell their name right, I can give you some match recs. Uh, yeah, he's just pretty much Higuchi's junior in them. I don't know their actual age, but he is presented as Higuchi's junior. Um, that's Kazusada Higuchi, just in case you have no idea who I'm talking about. Uh, and the, the recommended match I would give you is the match against uh, Higuchi from January 5th. Uh, show's name is called DDT All Seats for 3000 Yen New Year Pro Wrestling Festival. It is a fantastic David versus... I don't even want to call it David versus Goliath. It's like mini Goliath versus Goliath in a, in a way. Like, because Ishida is like, be like, man, this guy does a bunch of sumo stuff, but he's so small. So it's just kind of fun in that way. Um, but he has a ton of great matches teaming with Higuchi, uh, especially building up to the Higuchi Yujihino title match. Uh, DDT also did like a rookie grand prix at the beginning of the year i can't remember what they called it d plus maybe um he has a great match with uh toy kojima from ddt into the fight 2023 in osaka february 5th uh definitely recommend going out of your way to see that i'm trying to see i think he had another like really great match from that grand prix um i mean all his matches from that grand prix are good i feel like there was one more that was like at that great level and i guess i'm yeah i'm wrong but uh, yeah go go check that him out he he's great he's fantastic i think you'll fall in love with him number 82 is again another one of my personal favorites uh i'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me even having him on a top 1000 list but we have takao omori so much fun every time i see him i cannot just not put him on this list but i do think he has had a couple of Legit great performances this year. Has a great match with Suwama, night five of the Champion Carnival. Has a, I think this, yeah, the Shuji Ishikawa match from night six, seven, six of the Champion Carnival. Also near that great level. Shotaro uh, Ashino, super fun match in the Champion Carnival. Uh, the surprising one is the Manambu Soya match. From the Champion Carnival was a ton of fun. Pretty much his whole Champion Carnival run, I, I would recommend. But the real crown jewel is uh, a six-man tag shortly after the Champion Carnival. Uh, it's actually at the show after the finals. Uh, Superpower Series Day 1, All Japan, obviously. Miyahara, Ishikawa, Nagata versus Suwama, Kojima, and Omori. Tons of fun. Just like a classic six-man All Japan heavyweight tag match uh with some very good crowd brawling great control segments it's just great everybody really put on their working shoes after working like a fucking round robin because everybody in this match besides nagata worked the champion carnival and i don't think this is even too much after the finals yeah this is six days removed from the finals so it's just a ton of fun uh, like he he's great but you should you should watch him he's Fantastic. And honestly, <laughs> probably moves better than like a Tanahashi, which is crazy to say. But yeah, I, I definitely like respect like still working carnival matches 30 years into your career. So I think that's fine. Number 81, we have Tomohiro Ishii. Somebody that I feel like has dropped off. I probably have him lower than. 
people that I've seen more of him would have him. Um, I feel like I've seen his high-end stuff. I've seen the Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, television title match. I've seen the six-man tag matches. I haven't seen, like, I know he had the U.S. matches. I haven't seen the Moxley match. So he probably would end up higher on this list if I had just taken the time to see more. Um, but he's not, like, really exciting me like he has in years past. Like, at this point, I have seen the Tomohiro Ishii match. And unless he is fighting different opponents, which, again, I should have made time for that Moxley match because that very much sounds like a match that would be my shit. Um, I'm just kind of not interested in it. So, But he, he's been, like, very good to great. He's awesome in that forbid, uh, the Forbidden Door tag match. I'm trying to think if he has, like, anything else, like, super crazy that I haven't seen. I don't believe so. I think he's kind of been, like, kind of muted in New Japan this year. I couldn't even tell you who's in his g1 block i want to say he's in the same block as shingo and eddie kingston eddie kingston match will probably be fun um but yeah don't even get me started on those g1 blocks i have a whole (laughs) i don't get how you can have 32 people in a tournament and just every block is not great um but yeah you know i'll get into that some other time maybe number 80 we have Yuji Nagata. Again, somebody else I would have liked to get high on this list. few matches. So the Yuma Aoyagi match, the Triple Crown switch, spoilers, um, obviously falls out of this voting period, but I haven't seen the Ishikawa match. I haven't seen the T-Hawk match, and I haven't seen the Yuma Anzai match. So that's three Triple Crown matches I haven't seen. I think his match with Miyahara is great. That tag match I pointed out earlier, I think is great. I think he has been fun anytime he has uh, popped up. Oh, his uh, Blue Justice show main event. I think it's, God, it's him, Wado, Tanahashi, and Kojima against Miyahara, both Aoyagis. God, who else is in it? Oh, shit. I thought I could think of it on my own. Um, God, who's in it? It is. Oh, uh, Anzai. Yuma Anzai. That match is a ton of fun. He's been consistently good, fun all year. It's just one of those things like I just haven't seen enough. He probably would be at least 10 spots higher if I had seen those matches because I've heard I've heard good stuff about the Ishikawa match. I haven't really heard a whole bunch about the T-Hawk and Anzai match. I think it's just because a bunch of people I follow don't watch all Japan. So. Yeah. Number 79, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the one they call Sting. Sting is somebody else I wish could get higher on this list. I've seen two Sting matches. I, God, I should, probably should have pulled up Cage Match before this started, too. I Because I don't think Sting has maybe only... Re- he hasn't wrestled much this year. I know he has the Tornado Tag... With uh, Jericho and Guevara, with him and Darby. I don't know if that match happened after July 1st or if that happened. I don't know if that happened the Dynamite after Forbidden Door or two Dynamite. Okay, it was the Dynamite after. But yeah, like I'm looking. He just hasn't wrestled a ton this year. He's wrestled five times this year. And I, okay, I've actually seen three of these matches. I did not. I, I thought the match. Teaming with uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby against 
uh, butchering the blade and Kip Sabian was fine. Uh, I think he really makes his case with the the Muda match. Uh, Darby, Muda, and Sting versus Akira, Hakuji with Jinsei, Shinzaki, and um, Marufuji. I think he really makes his case with that match um, here because I'm so sad to report. I hated the Forbidden Door match. Um, I thought it was so slow. I, I, I don't blame it on him. Like, he was not sloppy in it. In fact, he takes some <laughs> absolutely insane shit in the match. Um, so I don't blame, I don't put that blame on him. But yeah, the match just did not do it for me. Again, I probably should have tried to have fit in the, like the mogul embassy match and the tornado tag, and he probably would have gotten higher. It's just, again, I, I, that's on me. But those matches will be watched eventually. Uh, just like not before this. Number 78, we have Ricky Afudo. Um, somebody that I got pointed to last year, uh, he made a run in capture. Um, had a great match with uh, Nao Nao Namura. There we go. Um, in capture has kind of been like on and off, has been going from like extreme indie to like zero one actually did a couple of all Japan tours a few years ago, uh, teamed with, uh, Riji Ryoji Sai. Again, I'm so sorry for like every name in this, ma- in this podcast, but, uh, did a real world tag league. He was great. in. by the way, I went back and watched a few of those matches. Like after I discovered him last year and he's phenomenal. I'm like, Oh my God, how has this guy been out of my life for so long? He's like, just a real big dude that works like a, a style that would fit very well into like strong division, big Japan, but he is now signed to zero one. Um, and is working zero one, like regularly, like he, again, he's in the fire festival. So he's somebody I could see getting a decent bit higher, but he has a match with a uh, Dasuke Sakamoto at the beginning of the year. That is great. Has a six man tag from right before the fire festival. That's like a fire festival preview. That is really, really good. Um, but that Sekimoto match is like... I don't want to say next level. Because it's like... like It's on that precipice. It's it's a great match, but it's a match I wouldn't consider a match of the year. Like, contender outside of like January, which is when it happened. Um, so yeah, but ton of fun. Again, somebody I could see going much higher. I just got to watch more. Number 77, we have the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Uh, Again, (laughs) I know uh, you're going to be like, wow, so you just actively don't like the two wrestlers in your match of the year? Not the case. Um, I just, again, Omega is not a wrestler. I constantly am just like, oh, man, I got to go on my way to see this Omega match. Um, and I kind of just has have missed stuff from him this year, to be honest. He probably would be higher on this list if I had seen more. I'd seen the Wrestle Kingdom match. I saw the, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the New Year uh, Dash show where he teamed with Okada, which is like kind of a cool moment, but that match is like a whole bunch of nothing, really. Um, and yeah, like he he's good. He's had a, a good year. I just need to see more before like I fully like am sold on the idea of him like making top 50 and again there with the gut feeling like that's going on to this into this like this not being numbers based like it's just there's guys i like more there's wrestlers i like more than watching omega so 
I'm not going to put a wrestler I don't like super high. Not to say I don't like Omega. It's just, you know, semantics. And number 76, we have Wotan. I've seen one Wotan match this year. I know. I don't even know how many have made tape. I don't think many. Um, it's the match uh, with uh, Demus, who we'll talk about here momentarily, actually. Uh yeah, if you if you know Wotan, you need you need to watch the Demos match if you haven't seen it yet. If you've seen it, you know why he is on this list. That is like one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, probably like a top ten performance of the year. Edge one match, so I can't like in good conscience put him much higher than this. I probably could I probably could have bumped him a few spots, but I can't in good conscience put him much higher. So we have him at seventy six. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break uh so i can break this up evenly uh so i can give you all timestamps and everything so we will be right back and we're back uh but you know if you're listening you didn't you didn't even know i couldn't even have said anything i may have not even said anything but i did because i don't edit these it's just stream of consciousness you're getting it to your ears uh so let's let's continue the list let's uh that's gonna be the 75 to 51 like chunk all right, number 75, we have Masahiro Takanashi. Um, again, one of those guys, he has a very, maybe the most consistent wrestler on the planet. As far as quantity goes, if you were a numbers guy, I feel like Takanashi makes a top five. Like, like honest to God, probably has wrestled nearly 100 times this year. Um. I can actually get you a number real quick, and I'm sure Cage Match probably doesn't even have anything because he wrestles in some extremely weird places. Um, mainly wrestles uh, like DDT, uh, Choco Pro. Trying to think, he was on uh, the few Baka Gaijin shows. I'm trying to say, let's see how many matches he's had this year. He has had close to 100, 73 matches uh, so far this year. So that's a lot. So he's he's on pace for 150 matches this year, which is pretty uh, insane. But yeah, a, extremely good wrestler. Like there's, I, I honestly, he is a great wrestler. It's just there's more I need to see from him. He has a few matches here. I'm looking at. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even know these matches existed. Um, I need to watch the Shuji Ichikawa match that barely made it in uh, vote deadline. Since uh, like the J- July 1st deadline ended, it's had a match with Vinny that I know I would love. Also has a match with Emi uh, uh, Sakura that I know I would love. Uh, that I just need to watch. Uh, he'll end up higher on this list. I guarantee that. He will be higher on this list at the end of the year than he is now. So he's just... That good of a wrestler, again, has such a quantity that it's kind of hard to argue against. Like, and just on top of being just, uh, again, like a, a legitimately great wrestler. So, yeah, he will be higher on this list as the year goes on. Number 74, Demus. I just think he's better in the Wotan match than he, than Wotan. So that's pretty much the difference between them. Uh, honestly, they probably could have been, uh, 76 and 75 and Takanashi at 74. That's just, I don't know why I did it like this. I think just to signify that I thought Demos was just a little bit better. Um, I, 
I honest to God do not know if Demus has had another match that has made tape this year. If he has, I have not seen it, but that Welton match is like top five of the year. So that's what gets him on there. Number 73, somebody I've already mentioned a few times in other matches, uh, Ryoe Oiwa, uh, New Japan Young Lion. Uh, those six-man tags I mentioned earlier from All Japan, the the tag match from the Noah show. God, what else? Um, has Oh, oh uh, which Chris and I talked about this on the first episode of Muscle Orchestra, so we kind of go like and like talk about it for like 10 or 15 minutes. Has a great three-minute match with Bolton Oleg. Um, like the amateur freestyle wrestler that New Japan has signed for like their Olympic team or what the fuck ever. But it's awesome. Chris is a little bit higher on it than me, but it's still an awesome match. Um, and he's had a ton of matches make tape that I just haven't I just haven't had the time to be like, you know what? I'm gonna dedicate the day to New Japan undercards. I just haven't had it. So probably somebody else that once I watch more will end up higher on this list because he is—he probably is my favorite young lion and definitely seems like the one that's probably going to get the big push coming out of this like current crop. So just need to watch more, but he's great. I, I definitely recommend, again, I know a ton of people that follow me even probably don't pay super close attention to all Japan, but his Two matches in All Japan this year are legit great. Like, highly recommend, especially the versus the uh, Suwama and Saito brothers. Awesome. Number 72. <laughs> People are probably going to be confused with these next three that are back to back to back. But uh, number 72, I have Orange Cassidy. Look, I love Orange Cassidy. I think he is a phenomenal professional wrestler. Um, and it's not even that the shtick is up. I just have been so tired of the shtick. I've not watched the shtick, if that makes sense. The matches I have seen him in this year, I have loved. Hence why he makes on this list at 72. And I'm sure if I would watch more, I would... Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said hold on. I'm recording the fucking podcast. Um, But if I, I was to watch more, I would have him higher. I just... I don't go out of my way to watch Orange Cassidy at this point. Like, and that way the shtick is up where I just, I'm not going out of my way to see him. So that that's pretty much that. Um, super fun live. Um, I saw him at AEW uh, House Rules in Huntsville. Ton of fun. Again, I, I don't have to make the case for Orange Cassidy with you. You, you know. You like him or you don't, but he's had a ton of TV matches this year. That is his case. So there you go. Number 71, we have Tim Thatcher, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, has had a super fun run in Noah. I'll be, I have not watched a ton of, he's actually current, like, fucking tag champ, I believe. Um, I haven't watched anything since he's won the tag titles because he won it with some other import that Noah bought in that I can't. Saxon something maybe um but was like really fun in Noah up to that point and you know obviously had the dynamite match with Danielson that's a ton of fun one match I wish I could have made the time for before making this list with was the greeny match from I think AI well I was from AIW but I think it was in February I just needed to make time for that match haven't made time for it I'm sure it's great greeny is 
fantastic. Thatcher's fantastic. I can't see that match not being good. Um, but yeah, his Noah stuff has been like real consistently solid. The Danielson match really like sold it for me. I think he's had a couple of matches in like new ROH that would probably get him a little bit higher on this list. I just haven't watched him. You know, again, only have so much time. Number 70, we have Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I'm sure that will not excite some people. I'm sure some people will be thrilled. Jeff Jarrett is like maybe my favorite character in wrestling. Everything he does is entertaining. Even if it's not like good in the technical sense, it's good, if that makes sense. Um, The matches at the beginning of the year versus the acclaimed, like really was like, oh, like he still like has it, has it. The Mark Briscoe stuff has been fantastic. He was great at uh, the house, the AEW house show I went to. He uh, tagged with Singh against the the boys, uh, which was a ton of fun. He was phenomenal in that match. So I, I think seeing him live is what probably bumped him up, you know, three or four additional spots. But yeah, he was fantastic. Now for the elusive number 69. Um, not real, not a meme pick. I know some people meme pick 69, which it seems like if you're going to do a meme pick, you should do 100, but whatever. You know, people have their own prerogatives. Uh, but number 69, I have Harashima here. Uh, the ace of DDT, not really the ace anymore, but still the ace of my heart. He's still a great wrestler. I mean, there's no denying it. He's just not, he's not working <laughs> as, as, you know, he's not consistently on top of the card anymore. He, um, had a chance to challenge for the open weight title against Hino earlier this year, uh, but lost his contendership match. And I'm sure that the Hino match would have gotten him higher because Yuji Hino has just kind of been on a fucking tear this year in DDT. Uh, so I couldn't imagine that match not being good, but he's just had a lot of like solid undercard stuff. Uh, like the train wrestling is always good. He did that just a ton of six Nate man tags. Again, one of those guys you see his name, like he's gonna not half ass it. He probably for somebody to have gotten the ace title, he's probably the one that phones it in the least, like amongst his generation of aces. So like Tanahashi, I think even Tanahashi has phoned it in from time to time. I Harishima, I, I just think is a guy that never phones it in. So, you know, live with that as you may. Number sixty-eight, we have Blue Panther. Uh yeah, I mean, the Virus match is, like, a big part of his case, but he also has, like, a ton of uh, six-mans with his sons that are super fun. I just accidentally deleted Okay, there we go. That are super fun. One match in particular I want to highlight. Um, it's Euphoria, Hechicero, and Mephisto versus Blue Panther, Panteria, Del Ring, and Valiente from January 20th. Holy shit, he has, like... Oh, he is phenomenal in that match. That match is like very like knocking on the door of four. Um, such a fun match uh, that you should go out of your way. To. Lucha has just been I, like the past. I mean, in the past couple of years, I haven't watched a ton of wrestling in general anyways. Um, but even the wrestling I was watching, like pandemic era wrestling, I wasn't watching Lucha. And like there's. So much shit I want to go back and watch from like CML Weekly. I I don't know if it was as good. I don't know if they're just hot this year, 
But I mean, you'll see later on in this list, like there's guys I'm like, I feel like I need to have watched more of them because it feels like they got something special going on over there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're, they just turned it on this year. I have no idea, but blue Panther phenomenal. Go watch that virus match. Number 67. We have Masa Kitamiya. Uh, I already mentioned one match he was in, the Tanaka uh, 0-1 heavyweight title match from the beginning of the year. It's really good. Also has like a really good match with uh, Satoshi Kojima from, let me get you a date, February 5th, Noah Star Navigation that y'all should check out. Uh, also have a tag title match. Teaming with Anaba versus Segura and Kojima. That's really good. And uh yeah, I mean he's just been kind of just fun all year. Uh like and I normally don't like him a ton. I mean he, he's usually good, but like he like he has a random match where he teamed up with an Inamura before they officially reformed the tough. It's the tough versus uh Sa- uh Saito and uh Yone from Noah Sunny Voyage 2023, day two, January 15th. Y'all should check that match out because they just beat the shit out of each other for like nine minutes. It's really good. Um, but yeah, that's where he makes his case. He he's good. Probably having, I don't want to say a career year, but personally, his favorite year I've ever seen from him. I, I'm really enjoying him quite a bunch. Number 66, somebody else I've had the privilege of seeing live actually twice this year. We have John Wayne Murdoch. Um, so he has a great match in GCW, Matt Tremont, LL Desperado. And then that GCW Weekender I was talking about has a great match with Adam Priest that involved an actual branding iron and fire. It was fucking crazy in the pit and then has a death match with hardway heater which if you're not familiar get familiar um i i think he's gonna i like i honestly think he if it is the direction he wants his career to go in i think he has a chance to break out as a awesome death match wrestler in the u.s but if that's not the direction he wants to go in i think like he fits like the indie strong style in a way that's not cringe, if that makes any sense. Uh, which I, I don't. If Heater didn't make this list, he is. Shit, hold on. I don't. I don't remember if I had Heater on this list, so I don't want to talk too much about it. Yeah. So Heater barely missed the list. I know he's a guy I definitely considered for that like ninety to hundred spot. I need to watch more because I literally had. The first time I'd ever seen him was at those uh, ICW shows I went to. Those were my first two matches I'd ever been exposed to him at. But he's fantastic. Highly, highly, highly recommend checking that match out with John Wayne Murdoch. Has one of the craziest fucking finishes I've ever seen, ever, like in person or otherwise. Um, Yeah, but really no other thing to say. But uh, John Wayne Murdoch uh, is phenomenal uh just another like all-timer deathmatch u.s deathmatch guy that's having like a really great run so it just kind of you know boiled over here uh probably some more john wayne murdoch stuff i need to see that i just haven't seen i didn't watch a whole bunch of early or like mid-spring gcw stuff 
or late winter, mid spring, like February, March. Like I'm sure I don't know how often he worked GCW if he worked GCW, but I haven't seen any of that, so I probably need to go back and watch that. Could probably make a little bit better of a case for him. Number sixty five, I have Yuki uh, Yuno from DDT, uh, kind of the the facto leader of uh, Thirty Seven Kamina since uh, Takeshita has been in the U.S. He is consistently fun. I I think he is like the DDT era or not era DDT heir to Kota Ibushi. Um, I mean, we're the same fucking trunks as him, so you know, whatever. Um, but he's great, like super great charisma. Has had matches that, for all intents and purposes, should have been like not good. That ended up being good or like very good. Uh, hasn't had like a true great performance this year to me. Um, and I haven't watched the Higuchi match from uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Uh, King of DDT. I haven't watched literally the like the one Higuchi match I did not make time for that and the DDT King of DDT final. Like just two matches I, I couldn't fit in without not delaying this another two weeks. But yeah, he's good. Everything you watch him in, they actually had like a 37 Kamina pro, uh, produce show. Uh, he, he's in like a four way with the other 37 Kamina members. It's long, but I think it's one of the more hootier matches of the year. Um, I, it's just fun. You have Takeshita calling in different rules for it. He's like, oh, the, now it's a tag match. Now it's a fatal four way. Now it's a three on one handicap match. Now it's a, yeah, it's, it's just a ton of fun, I, I think. Everybody should watch that match, but ton of fun. Highly recommend. Uh, if you're not again, also like if you're not watching DDT, like what are you doing? Number sixty four is probably the guy I came away most impressed with from that um, GCW or fuck ICW. I'm so sorry, ICW No Holds Barred weekend um, in Chattanooga. Doctor Redacted um, had a great match with Tank. Had a great match with oh my god why am I blanking uh with Bobby Beverly two phenomenal matches bled a shit ton jumped off the roof of the TWE arena he maybe is one of like my favorite wrestlers I've ever seen live um and I know he has other stuff this year other deathmatch stuff I, that I need to watch because he could like shoot up these rankings um he. God, it's I'm trying to explain what his style is. It like he wrestles like if Darby Allen was a like a deathmatch guy, like a light tubes barbed wire deathmatch guy. Uh he has like the way he throws his body into chairs is like second to none, in my opinion. And it's just it's a ton of fun to watch him. So I, I highly recommend you seek him out again if you want to suggestions. Go to the ICW Weekender show, June 30th, July 1st, versus Tank versus Bobby Beverly. I like the Bobby Beverly match a little bit more, but both matches are well worth your time. Neither are, like, super long either, so you, you can probably knock out both in, like, a half hour. Um, so really no excuses. Number 63. We have Soberano Jr., somebody I want to get higher on this list, somebody that I absolutely love. Every time I see him, he blows my fucking mind. Um, again, it's just, I, you don't have time to watch everything, especially trying to do a half year list. 
because you want to get the half year list out in a reasonable time. Like I, you know, I could have held on to, you can hold on to a half year list till fucking September, but at the end of the day, like, do people even give a shit anymore in September? Like, and do you want to dedicate the next two months to only watching stuff from the first six months? So when you're done with that, you can be like, all right, July 1st, here we go. And just start watching stuff. So, you know, there's only so much stuff you can, I, one person can reasonably watch when it's not their full-time job. But Soberano Jr. has had a phenomenal year. You may know him from Twitter as the sexy pilot luchador. Um, I'm just trying to think, God, like what should people watch from him? Uh, I'm trying to think of like just an individual performance has a like very fun, um, eight man tag from Fantastica mania, Naito, Hiromu, Bushi and Teton versus Taguchi, Soberano, Yo and Kosei Fujita, funnily enough. Uh, Soberano is great in that match. I think he has a couple of other Fantastica mania matches. I'd recommend a little bit more. I think he has one more i'd recommend more than that oh the match from the junior uh league summit highly recommend not the junior fucking summit i'm sorry uh fantastica mania day four desperado mystico soberano jr versus hechicero templario and dookie highly highly recommend that match they do like has your high spot flying spots but it also has like your weird submission stuff that they all kind of play with uh, it's a ton of fun. Fantastica Mania as a whole this year was awesome. Like, I just feel like a lot of people slept on that tour. Um, and it's great. And probably from an in-ring perspective, again, haven't watched everything, but pro- maybe New Japan's best tour this year outside of Best of the Super Juniors, which is kind of a crying shame that Serrano Jr. didn't get in Best of the Super Juniors because if he was in Best of the Super Juniors, I probably would have made a bigger effort to watch all of Best of the Super Juniors before doing this, but yeah. Um, super great. Highly recommend those matches. Let's see. Number 62, we have Miyu Yamashita, uh, Tokyo Joji Pro regular. Um, just She's had a kick out. I mean, again, she's like the main name of Tokyo Joji Pro. So if you've ever watched anything from Tokyo Joji Pro, you've probably seen her. Uh, Chris and I talked kind of at length about uh, her title match with uh, Sakazaki at the beginning of the year. I want to say it was her January 4th show. Let me double check that just to make sure I'm not telling y'all wrong. Yeah, they're, uh, Tokyo Joji Pro. Yeah. January 4th. Yep. All right. That, that match is really good. Chris loves it. Uh, we talked about it also on episode one of uh, Muscle Orchestra. So, you know, go listen to that. But, yeah, I mean, Tokyo Joji Pro has kind of adapted into, like, I don't want to say shoot style, but they hit the fuck out of each other. Like, they hit each other harder than probably any other promotion in the world. It reminds me a lot, like, comparing it to a direct promotion. Like, there was that weird era for noah where a lot of people joked it was like oh it's noah the shoot it's like 2015 2016 stuff where just like the third match on a random house show and god knows where japan would go like 18 minutes and beat the shit out of each other for no reason it's kind of what tokyo joji pro is now but uh so yamashita gets pretty high based off of that uh and her kicks are great so it it looks really good 
All right, I'm going to do these next two together because they are a tag team. Number 61, we have Dax Harwood. And number 60, we have Cash Wheeler. Um, have not wrestled a ton this year, but uh, going back to those collision matches we talked about earlier, the uh, pilot episode six-man and the second episode eight-man tag, uh, they are fantastic in. I love their... I actually really like their match with the guns. Um, I The reason Cash finishes above Dax is because <laughs> Cash doesn't annoy me as much. Um, no. Uh, well, yes, but not why. Cash, to me, just has a little bit more of a roughness in his style than Dax does. I, I do highly enjoy Dax, but I do think Cash is the more entertaining singles wrestler. I, I even held this opinion last year. Um, like in the Dax versus Cash match, I thought I I mean I thought Cash was better. And then just comparing like not really I mean kind of apples to apples. Like Dax had a singles with CM Punk. Cash had a, a singles with Jeff Cobb. I think the best performance out of any of those two matches from those four performers was Cash Wheeler. Like that Jeff Cobb match had no right to be as good as it was and it was uh, like a banger that nobody really talked about or talks about anymore, like bringing his case up. But yeah, Cat. so that's what gets Cash a little bit ahead of Dax. I could actually see the gap widening a little bit as these collision tags go on. Um, Because I'm usually not a fan of having tag teams right next to each other. Um, just It feels kind of like I have another tag team coming up in the next part that are, are also right by each other. Spoiler. Um, but that's for different reasons. This is like they, I mean, they have the same case. I've just enjoyed Cash a little bit more so far. Number 59, somebody I believe maybe is the best wrestler of all time. If not the best, probably one of like the three best. We got Jun Akiyama. Uh, he's still killing it. You know, 31 year, 31st year as a professional wrestler. He's still going out there and having great matches i mean no way around it his ddt extreme title run he had a fun match with akito where they did like some weird baki rules i really didn't understand it had a match with antonio honda that was a ton of fun has a few six-man tags that are just really good i highly recommend where he's teaming with burning and just teaming with other guys in ddt he has a match where he teams with higuchi and ishida versus like mask fish people at a fish market that's like borderline great um i think his crowning achievement this year it, he has a singles match with uh toy kojima uh where he just like fucking tortures him it's like proper akiyama bu like bullying young boy shit and it's just super good <laughs> and like, i mean it, like for rank rating purposes i went four stars on it let me get y'all a date on that because i actually do think everybody needs to go out of their way to see that date on that is it was it was a semi-recent show, I believe. Yeah. Junakiyama versus Toy Kojima. DDT, what are you doing tour? And Kumamoto from May 28th. May 28th. So yeah. Go watch that match. Again, he like bullies him. It's great. It's fantastic. Number 58. Somebody that doesn't wrestle a ton. Uh anymore like kind of not 
semi-retired, kind of took a break from wrestling, but has returned kind of in this big way, working a, a reduced schedule. We have Daniel Makabe. Uh, y'all know my thoughts on Makabe. I, I mean, listen to whatever FKWABTs it was. I mean, we thought he was the best wrestler of the year, one year. I don't even <laughs> honestly don't remember what fucking year it was. Eight, 18? 19? Did we even do those in 18 and 19? I don't think we did. Maybe 17. I don't fucking remember. But anyways, it's great. Makabe gets on this list. He had, prior to watching Forbidden Door, my match of the year with Adam Priest at uh, Action's uh, Action Wrestling's five-year mystery anniversary show. I, I got to be there live. Um, super awesome. Uh, it was a great surprise. I did not want to be spoiled for it. Uh, not that they offered, but I did not ask. <laughs> so, um. So I'm glad that secret was kept for me. Like this match alone was worth the three hour drive. The whole show was great, but this match alone was worth the three hour drive to Tyrone, Georgia to see Maccabi and priest just fucking tear it up for 20 minutes or however long it went. Um, and it was really cool to just Maccabi was a guy. I did not think I, I was going to be able to see live, especially working this reduced schedule. Also the fact that uh, he lives in fucking Canada and I got to see him in small town, Georgia rocked so <laughs> that's really cool so yeah they just he, he gets on the list for this alone there was another match of his i watched that shit i can't even remember who he wrestled um that was like also borderline great or was borderline great against steve miggs from sos on stranger tides february 10th of this year uh i'm sure that's on iw i either watch it on youtube or IWTV, whatever it's on but th that's also a great match but the Makabe versus Priest match from Action Wrestling's five-year anniversary show. You need to go watch. You need to make an effort to seek out and watch that. Um, it is, in my opinion, the second best match of the year. Like, there's just no debating it. Like, and it it could honestly, on a rewatch. I haven't started. Obviously, haven't like started rewatching match of the year stuff. It could retake number one, like from Osprey Omega two. I I don't know, but. Yeah, it rules. Number 57, we have Shihiro Hashimoto. Um, you know, she's just killing it again. Surprise. She's a fucking fantastic wrestler. Having another fantastic year. Um, and I haven't even got to see, like, the super hype singles match with uh, Shuri yet. So I haven't even got to see that. Um, let me see what I have here. The Mio uh, Momono match, super fun. I I'm mean, like borderline great. I don't know why I'm saying fun. Um, yeah, like just one specific example has the match with uh, shit. I want to say Makai, but that's not fucking right. What is that girl's name? from stardom that she had the match with uh marai okay i was close that that match rules like she just like throws marai everywhere from stardom's 12th anniversary supreme fight february 4th if you want to know a date but yeah that match rules the the momono match rules but yeah and just a ton of consistent stuff on top of that one match i really wish i could have made the time to see was the match uh with you versus uh, Suzuki and Akiyama from Fortune Dream. I haven't even got the chance to watch Fortune Dream yet. Um, 
but yeah, that I can't imagine that like not being good. So yeah. Number 56, Eddie Kingston. Uh, really the only thing stopping Eddie from being higher on this list is being out for a little bit. Eddie Kingston is a guy I for sure probably makes the top 50. I could not imagine him not making the top 50, especially with a G1 on the horizon. Um, maybe one of my favorite Jay White single matches ever. Um, from that Battle in the Valley show. The 10 man tag from Forbidden Door is great. The ROH title match with Claudio, fantastic. I mean, uh, he has a match from the, the Jay Briscoe tribute show against QT Marshall that is a ton of fun that I feel like a lot of people forget about as the year goes on. But like that match is awesome. Um, so yeah, Eddie, great, like just great, great shit. Um, Again, the only thing stopping him now is like he missed like eight weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited. I don't even remember who all is in his G1 block. I remember not. I, again, I mentioned it earlier. Not super thrilled with any of the G1 blocks. I feel like there's potential in his block for at least like some fun stuff. Like again, I know he's in the block with Shingo and Ishii. And well, also the 20 minute time limit also will probably help the, the G1. Is there really not like a block? Lit? Here we go. So, yeah, he's in the block with. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's in like the worst block. Um, Maybe the match with evil. Mm, fuck. There really is only like one block that's like half decent, and that's a block. With the 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 newest New Japan Young Line graduates and uh, Kaito in it, and maybe Sonata will you know surprise us. But man, just some abysmal shit in these blocks. <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of people like D Block. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Alex uh, Coughlin in it. That that's somebody I can see really boosting their case. Uh, we'll get a singles match with Tanahashi, Naito, Goto, Saber, Yano, Cobb. Uh, that's that's a pretty good block. D Block. Um, but again, nothing, nothing there. I'm like super thrilled about, but yeah, so Eddie will maybe he'll surprise me, you know, Eddie getting matches, good matches out of wrestlers. I don't necessarily like will only boost his case more. So number 55, we have, uh, Naomichi Marafuji. Um, again, Noah mainstay has made his case just, I mean, he's been great Noah all year. Um, has that uh, Muda six-man tag that I mentioned earlier, just kind of being like the head of like the Noah, the Noah-born division, however, like the factionless people in Noah, because M's alliance doesn't really exist anymore, um, with Muda retiring, and Miyamoto doesn't really get booked by Noah anymore, and Tanaka, Tanaka shows up sometimes, but not often. Um, super fun. Uh, just a fun nostalgia trip. I don't think it's necessarily a great match, but obviously Kenta Fuji versus Kojima and Segura from earlier this year was a ton of fun. Let's see, I'm trying, I want to give like specific examples. Like I want to cite my work here a little bit. Cause some people are like Mara Fuji, he's not good anymore. And like, yeah, he's so uh, I, I like him quite a bit. Like here, uh, Noah, what show is this? Noah Great Voyage in Osaka, February 12th. Uh, it's Congo, which is Nakajima, Funaki, Kondo, and Hiroki, High 69. 
uh, versus Marafuji, Wagner Jr., Ninja Mac, and Amakusa. Again, a match I like on paper doesn't sound super appealing to me, but it's like it ended up great. The match from the Muda retirement show is fun for what it is. Like seeing him interact with the Dragon Gate guys is a lot of fun. Like I said, that tag match from earlier. What else? There's, I feel like I'm missing like one obvious match. Is it this match? No. Is it? The, I mean, and I mean, the Muda Sting match is like his crown achievement, but he's he's had like a ton of like border, like three and a half, three and three quarter stuff to me that it gets him on this list. I haven't seen this title match with Jake Lee just because Jake Lee, Jake Lee winning the title honestly turned me off of Noah. So I haven't watched a whole lot of like the April and May and June stuff. Um, which is crazy because the first two months of the year, it was like by far my favorite promotion. So just fucking crazy that, that, you know, ship sunk so quickly, so to say, but yeah. Number 54, we have a Gunther, Gunther, Gunther. Uh, you know, makes this case. I mean, the strong match is obviously the, the WrestleMania match with Sheamus and Drew Mack, but all of his title matches this year have been at least good to me. Um, I like the Braun Strowman match. I like the Mad Cat Moss match. Uh, the Riddle match, I don't really put that so much on him. Just Riddle just really doesn't do it for me anymore. I was trying to see, did the... Do I even have that match on the spreadsheet? No, that's a mistake on my part. Which I don't, I don't know if it actually... Falls into, yeah, uh, the Kevin Owens match from the beginning of June. Yeah, okay. Oh, maybe I do have it on this. Oh, yeah, there it is. June 5th. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, two. So I know he had a Sami Zayn match. Uh, I think it was maybe the first Raw in July, so it barely missed the cutoff. But I heard that was good, but I haven't seen it. So it didn't, like, contribute to anything here. But yeah, just consistently solid. Like, oh, fuck. And his Royal Rumble performance is one of my favorite Rumble performances in years. Because he just, I mean, you give a guy, a guy have a good chop is great. But like, the fact that he's killing dudes for an hour, I love the closing segment with him and Cody. It's one of my favorite Rumble closing final two, I guess you could say, in quite some time. Maybe since I've been watching, which... uh, Oh, wait, well, the Cena one's awesome, but yeah, honestly, prob- top three, so that, that gets him up there, but yeah, Gunther at 54. Number 53, somebody I just love that I'm able to rank. Uh, we have Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, it's <laughs> honestly incredible that in the year 2023, I have a list that has Sting and Jeff Jarrett and Shibata on it like five years ago. Like I wouldn't have thought that would even be possible. But yeah, Shibata, uh, 53. Uh, I think I've seen everything he's done this year besides the title match against Alex Coughlin, funnily enough. And maybe I, I don't think I've seen the match he tagged with Coughlin either. But everything else I've seen from him this year, he's great. Shibata, my favorite thing he's done this year is the four-way from Forbidden Door. Um, I really hope we get him and Zach I, in, uh, you know, 
let, let him wrestle Zach for 12 minutes for that TV title. Like, what does it hurt? Give Shibata the TV title. Who fucking cares? Um, but him as pure champ should only, like, we should only continue to get good stuff from him. So, yeah, Shibata, 53. Number 52, also somebody I had never watched prior to that. Hasn't been wrestling long, one. But just somebody I didn't even know existed is uh, Mochizuki Jr., Masaki Mochizuki's actual child at 52. His case is built on uh, the tag run in the, the tag league that Dragon Gate did that I can't remember the name of right now. Him and his dad fucking killed it. <laughs> uh, that they were by far uh, M, M3K, I believe they're called together, or M2K. I think it's M3K. That would make the most sense. There's three M's. We'll say it's M3K, but Dragon Gate Heads, please feel free to correct me. Uh, he's awesome. Has a phenomenal bridge to his German suplex. Works just like his dad did 20 years ago. Or, fuck, 30. I guess Mochizuki's been wrestling for like 30 years now. Shit. Um, but, I mean, it's great. Like, highly... I, I didn't think I did not foresee me getting like super into Dragon Gate the first three months of the year, like on my calendar. But I did. Um, I need to go back and watch some of that spring stuff because I'm sure it ju they just continue to deliver, um, especially. Uh, I mean, I've seen a ton of people just talk really good about Dragon Gate this year. I feel like I need to go back, see some more. But Mochizuki Jr., really good tag mat or tag team with his dad is awesome. Highly recommend it. And plus, that's just, that's just a fun story, you know? Like King Griffey, you know. I watched the entire history of the Seattle Mariners recently. That also rocks. That'd be that's my number one wrestler of the year, probably. All right, and to finish off this part, number fifty-one, we got Drew McIntyre. Um, God, he and Sheamus, the first like two months of the year. Had a very fun match. They called themselves the, the Bang Bros, which obviously I don't think ever made it to TV. But just a super awesome like tag run they had. Like uh, McIntyre and Champions versus the Usos, like borderline great match. Uh, match with the Viking Raiders from the January twentieth SmackDown, borderline great match. Uh, he has a match with Top Dollar and Ashante Adonis, which is one of the fun, more fun squash, squash matches I've seen in recent memory. I'm just kind of going down the list here. Another match with the Viking Raiders that is borderline great from the February 17th SmackDown. I mean, just super awesome TV stuff. Why are you in that tag team? I don't know. And then also the like feather in the cap is that three way from WrestleMania. Um, that's, I mean, I never thought I would see anything like that on WWE television. Like it just, they just beat the shit out. I mean, there's no way to just, they beat the shit out of each other. And it's like a three way brawl, which is shouldn't work, but worked and worked extremely, extremely well. I know there's some people that like, just did not care for that match. That match was extremely my shit. Definitely worked for me. Um, definitely the best WWE match this year by, I mean, again, the bad the bad bunny matches number two. This is this is number one. I'd have to watch them back to back, but this one in my head is the better match. And yeah, so. And on that note, let's uh, 
take another short break, and then we're going to break in to the top 50. So hold on to your horses. I'm not even going to be gone to you, but I'll be right back. All right, we're back. Time to dive into the top 50. Nothing to, you know, it's been 30 seconds, or not even 30 seconds. It's been no seconds for you. It's been a day for me. I have water this time. Hopefully I don't burp as much. Uh, and yeah, let's just, we're just going to dive right into it. Top 50. Number 50 is Dasuke Sekimoto. Um, I know I said earlier that I hadn't kept up a ton with Big Japan this year, which is true, but what little bit of Big Japan I have seen, Sekimoto has been involved, um, as well as his zero one stuff he's done, which God, I may have seen. I've seen a ton of matches from it. I'm, I mean, a ton, relatively speaking, like five matches from him from zero one four. Um, I mentioned the Rikia Fudo match earlier. He's also in that six man tag with Fudo, but also just like, um, he has the match, uh, teaming with uh, Okabayashi and Nakanu versus uh, Takuya, Nomura, uh, Aoki, and So from J- uh, Big Japan earlier in the year, like the third, the third so of January, and then also has a strong BJ versus Astronauts match from February. Yeah, February thirteenth. I haven't seen the uh, the other match between them yet, so that Sakamoto could arguably go up. I'm interested interested to see like what the rest of his year looks like, given that Okabayashi is on an indefinite hiatus, uh, maybe even retired from wrestling. So I'm interested to see if he picks up another tag partner in Big Japan. I mean, I know there was that rumor, God, even before COVID, that he was going to help like lead the way for like an NXT Japan. And I guess with the pandemic, that just kind of fell through. So I'm interested to see what he actually does. But, you know, always consistent. You either like his style or just don't care for it at all. I like it. He was really the first wrestler I ever saw that wrestled that kind of style. I mean, back, God, I probably first watched Big Japan in 2011 at some point. So I had never seen a wrestler wrestle like Sekimoto. And, you know, here we are 12 years later. I still think he rocks to a certain extent, although some of his stuff does kind of rear its head into the realm of like masturbatory is really the only way you can describe it. But uh, yeah, he still rules. I still really like him a whole bunch. Number 49, somebody, if you would have told me how their career would be panning out two years ago, I would have said no way. Uh, We have Konosuke Takeshita, uh, recent AEW bad boy, uh, long-term DDT heartthrob. Uh, yeah, I I would love to have had him higher. He's just, I feel like the second half of the year is what's really going to make his push into that, like, up. I mean, top 50 is already, like, pretty impressive, but into that upper echelon of, you know, like, top 25 uh, category, especially with him and Blood and Guts. Uh, By the time you're listening to this in just a few days, um, or if you're listening to it as it went up in a couple of days. Uh, but also just has like the two Yuki Wayne, uh, you know, matches that are really good. Has the the Tin Man from 
Forbidden Door, which is like low. I mean, there was a ton of stuff from Forbidden Door that was good. I don't know where everybody else stands on that 10 man tag, but like. I would be hard pressed not to have it in like a top 15 matches of the year. So it really does carry quite a bit of weight. He wrestled uh, Takeshi Masada again, a new DDT trainee in DDT at the very beginning of the year, like January. Yeah, January 3rd. So that was awesome. Uh, The Danielson match uh, and Helico match. Uh, He's just had a ton of really good stuff that I've really enjoyed this year. And I only see his stock going up as we progress through the year again, because it it definitely seems like he's probably going to get an Omega singles match. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Takeshita Ibushi is on the table. That seems like a match that should have been ran like eight years ago at this point. I mean, because if you're not familiar with Takeshita, um, Ibushi's and Omega's kind of like farewell run from DDT was putting over Takeshita and Tetsuya uh, Endo at the time they were attacking called Happy Motel. Um, that was like kind of their final run in DDT was putting them over. So it's always been seen as like Omega and Ibushi passing, you know, the torch to Takeshita and Endo as they, you know, went on, you know, arguably to, or, you know, to have like great careers in New Japan and, you know, doing AEW. I mean, <laughs> AEW wouldn't exist without at least Omega's popularity in DDT, like really blowing them up in the West. So, but yeah, so that's really cool. So I kind of hope we get a full circle moment. I I mean, I guess I'm trying to think who would like the Takeshita's tag partner would be if we got like a golden lovers versus Takeshita and somebody, I mean, common sense says it would be Moxley, which would rule, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I, fully expect his stock to continue rising through the year. And I've just always have really loved Takeshita. He was a really impressive rookie. Got a ton of opportunities granted in DDT, like, you know, in his first couple of years wrestling Tanahashi, uh, Generico, again, Abushi and Omega, like putting over happy motel too. And just really getting it, being able to like develop in that way. Uh, but yeah, all right, number 48 is somebody that kind of snuck onto my radar recently. Uh, we have a couple that actually made it quite high on the list that like really got in at the bell that I watched a, a ton of stuff from pretty quickly. We have Pantorita Del Ring slash Mascara Dorada 2.0. Um, so if you don't know, there's one of Blue Panther's sons. He now has the Mascara Dorada 2.0 gimmick because... That just happens in Lucha sometimes, if you're not familiar. Um, he has a phenomenal match with El Desperado in CMML. That CML, yeah, okay. I was making sure I didn't say L twice. That really snuck in under the wire. I think, God, I'm trying to think exactly when it, it was like, it was June. It might have been after Forbidden Door. Yeah, June 30th. So literally the next to last day uh, of like this whole thing. So that's cool. But and he also has like some really fun like six man tags. He has a tag with his dad and I guess seemingly brother versus Virus and uh, Lucifero and Cancer Bureau 
from January 6th. That's a ton of fun. I, again, somebody that obviously, if it wasn't already evident, CMLL is probably going to strap a rocket to him with crowning him this, you know, the Mascara Dorada gimmick. Uh, I, I, this is a stupid, like, qualm. Kind of wish it was Roman numeral 2 instead of 2.0. I, I don't know. I just think aesthetically it looks better. I think Roman numeral 2 looks better in 2.0 in wrestler terms but whatever but everybody should go watch that desperado match that desperado match is awesome uh maybe probably my favorite like one-on-one match in cmll this year i'm trying to think of something i've liked better and nothing is screaming at me coming off the sheet so yeah probably my favorite singles match in cmll all, all year and again like i said earlier cmll is on kind of like this crazy run right now of just like seemingly something good to watch every week so yeah definitely check that match out but yeah 48 46 and 47 are a tag team um that i think built their cases in very different ways but at the end of the day it was very hard for me to put them somewhere other than right by each other that could change as the year progresses and there are a couple of tag matches I haven't seen that can maybe push one one or two spots ahead. But right now, I have uh, number 47, June Saito, and number 46, Ray Saito, the Saito brothers from All Japan. Um, both were in the Champion Carnival this year. For my money's worth, probably two of the top five guys in the Champion Carnival. As crazy as that sounds, because they never, prior to this, never really had a chance to show off like their singles capabilities in all japan or really anywhere that i can think of they've always been packaged as this team together but they killed it i thought like super fun sprints and i mean the champion carnival this year all around was really well put together um no match i don't even think any match really went near time limit until maybe this the quote-unquote semifinal nights um but like they were working like 10 minute sprints against a whole plethora of guys i mean they're working the top guys in the company they're working you know outsiders they're working some of the veterans that are in it like amori and kojima i mean it it was just a ton of fun uh they both had really good runs their trios stuff with uh teaming with sulama as part of the voodoo murders um has also been a ton of fun i'm trying to think what else they had a like a tag title contendership match at the very beginning of the year against Nomura and Aoyagi, that's a ton of fun. They've just been top to bottom. Such a fun act in All Japan. And really, them being so fun and so good is what like really wanted me to dive back into All Japan because it seemed like All Japan was kind of going away from that. Yeah, you know, the Champion Carnival needs to have like seven draws, uh, just these super long, drawn-out main events. It's like, no, 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 no. We you can work a very compelling match in six minutes. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they get on the list for that. They're awesome. I love them. Uh, which, if you know me, you know my love for guys <laughs> that are just big, brooding types. Um, especially when they work like more stiff babas. I'm, I'm all for it. So, yeah. Uh, 47 June, 46 Ray. Again, that could totally be reversed. Um, I haven't watched any of their Gleet stuff. I don't know how many matches they've had in Gleet so far. I, I want to say just one, maybe two. I haven't watched either of those matches, so if one of them just had a truly insane performance in one of those, 
Um, I, I could see one jumping, to, you know, two or three spots away from the other. But, you know, yeah. Number 45, again, kind of surprising that, like, in my gut, I felt he should be this high. Uh, I have Kevin Owens, um, which, uh, you know, love Steen. I've really liked a lot of Owens' work in WWE. Um, so with KO, it, it's kind of a weird case because I feel like a lot of his year has been tied to, like, well, especially the first three months, four months. Yeah, really four months. He's kind of shackled to, like, this bloodline, Sami Zayn stuff, but was like a afterthought of it. But I thought the the Rumble title match with Reigns was really good. The tag title match at WrestleMania is probably the third best match in WWE all year, behind the Bad Bunny Damian Priest match and the the Intercontinental Triple Threat match. He has a match with Gunther that is really good, and it's just consistently just been like a. He has adapted to the WWE TV style, probably better than any indie talent ever has like i i can't think of anybody off the tip of my tongue because i mean you talk about a guy like danielson or punk and they didn't adapt to the wwe style they just bought their style to wwe where kevin owens has adapted to the wwe style but and i don't mean that in a derogatory way um but yeah he's just he has like this consistent floor kind of like we've talked about with a couple of other guys Pretty much anytime you see him, you're going to get like a good performance out of KO to me. Um, and he has just like really killed it this year. And yeah, I hope it continues. I hope they do more stuff with him and Sammy, Sammy with the, the tag titles. Like, I, I hate that the tag titles are unified because it, it kind of shackles your, your tag division in a way that just you, you can't do anything with them. You know, nothing too awful interesting, I don't feel like. So yeah, maybe we'll get some, like, actual, like, more bangers. Like, WWE Tag Division right now as a whole is already, like, not great. You have a couple of great groups, but no true great tag teams. Um, So, it's uh, you know, KO may fall through the year, or he may be, you know, may get more singles opportunities as well, and like that Gunther match that just seemingly came out of nowhere. And it was God, maybe the best WWE TV match all year. I'm trying to think of anything off the tip of my tongue better. It's top five easy, but yeah. Number 44, we have Athena. So Athena is a weird one here. Um, Cause you know, for spreadsheet people, it's really hard to quantify like Athena's year. Like if you look at it, it was like, well, Athena just has like, you know, a bunch of these like three minute matches, you know, I'll go like two and three quarters on it. I, I don't watch like that anymore. Um, I'm again, I, I kind of just go with my gut. It's really like the overall theme here. Athena. Ha- is maybe one of the most compelling workers in the world right now, just with how she structures all of her, I mean, squash matches or title matches or anything. She just works this insanely violent style that is super entertaining to watch. It's really 
no other way to put it. I love the title match from Supercard of Honor with Sakazaki. Um, I mean, you can pretty much go to any of her matches this year and you will find something. It, it's good. It's worth watching. There's usually a spot in one of her matches that like brand new, such of innovative is not the right word. Not that I'm trying to think of a worse word, but like she she's just a super smart worker. And I, I think the only thing holding her back for me personally from breaking into that upper tier, like top 25 area is the lack of like a truly great match, which I, I think everybody from here on out I have above her has that under the belt. She just has a ton of consistently good um and to very to very good i mean I, I would say i have a couple matches in the three like three quarter range but nothing like breaking that four star mark um so i i think if she was to have like a and that's you know that's how she's working she's not working for a great match like her her style doesn't really lend itself to like a 15 minute great title match or whatever and that's fine um, but I think if she was before the end of the year to have like one or two bangers like that, I, I could easily see her skyrocketing up this list. I mean, I'm talking like top 15 area, maybe. And I know she she has a couple of matches that's already happened in July that, I, you know, obviously doesn't fall into this. But she has a couple from the end of June that I also wasn't able to watch. Um, like I, I haven't watched the the Willow match. Um, she has an, another Willow match coming up, but yeah, she's super fun. Probably one of my favorite wrestlers to watch this year. Like she is the reason all the ROH I've watched this year outside of Supercard of Honor has been her stuff. So, or 90% of what I've watched from Ring of Honor has been her stuff, but yeah. All right. Number 43. Speaking of Ring of Honor, we have Claudio Cascagnoli. I know a lot of, some people might think I have them a little too low. Hear me out. Um, it's a unit like the Blackpool Combat Club is hard to rank or rate accurately because Claudio is one of the best wrestlers of the last 15 years. I don't think that's a hot take. I think, you know, I don't think I'm saying anything new here. But he's the third best guy in the group all time. I mean... Moxley and Danielson, I mean, have just been on these tears. We'll talk about them later, uh, so I don't want to get too much into it. But Claudio is very much the third guy in his group, um, and that comes across sometimes. Like, sometimes he is saddled with kind of the lower end of things. Uh, I mean, I man, I don't want to say that because that doesn't sound, like, good. Like, usually Blackpool Combat Club is working towards the same goal. But like, if you're in a match with Moxley and Danielson, it's very hard to come out of that match looking like the best guy. And that's kind of where Claudio is. Now, Claudio has had some amazing matches without Moxley and Danielson. And I think the team with him and Yuta is a ton of fun or was a ton of fun. The few matches they worked together, the Kingston title match, I think is great. I would, a lot of people are higher on that match than I am. I still think it's a great match. I'm just not, I, I don't think it touches, sniffs match of the year, but I still think it's a great match. Again, we come back to that 10-man at Forbidden Door. Great. One of my favorite matches of the year is a three-minute squash match, him and Moxley against uh, Nakazawa and Cutler. And I know I say it's hard to look like the best guy in a match 
with Moxley or Danielson, but Claudio is probably the best guy in that match. So um, stuff like that is what holds him down from this. Uh, I know he's wrestling uh, Mark Briscoe coming up soon, so that will probably help elevate his case a little bit. Blood and guts. So I could see him going higher. Um, but right now he he's at 43, which is a great spot. But like, you know, nothing to sniff at or anything. But yeah, 43. Number 42, we have Masaki Mochizuki. Um, kind of similar with the Mochizuki Jr. case. You know, he has that great tag run at the beginning of the year. What also helps elevate him is uh, his Noah stuff. He's, he's just working more. The Mochizuki's uh, Jr., just kind of a side-by-side comparison there. Uh, outside of the tag matches I mentioned uh, earlier with Mochizuki Jr., he has a super, like borderline great match with Thatcher in uh, Noah towards the beginning of the year. That's a ton of fun. I mean, every, every time you see him, he's still good. It's mind-boggling that he's been wrestling for almost 30 years. He shouldn't be as good as he still is. Um, but yeah, he was just killing it. Like really nothing else to say. Um, I probably haven't seen it, anything from him in the month of June, but other than that, like I I've seen pretty much everything he's done this year and yeah, he's phenomenal. Like it blows my mind that you can do like, especially the styles he's worked. I mean, he, you know, c- come up in war and, you know, did the dragon gate stuff and just like working these very high octane styles and still being able to perform at such a high level as he is, is super impressive to me. But yeah, I I think some people try to make the case he's like a top 10 wrestler ever. That's people that have watched a lot more Dragon Gate than me. I'm not going to argue it because just based on what I've seen, I can see it. That's all I'm going to say. Number 41, we have Dominic Guarini. Um, Guarini this year has really built his case on violence is forever. As far as like tag team of the year race goes, I think it's a two horse race. Like I I know we mentioned, we've mentioned FTR. We've mentioned the Saito brothers. um, And I think they're a ton of fun. I think those guys are building their cases and six man tags and eight man tags. And as far as the Saito brothers are going apart uh, as singles wrestlers, uh, violence is forever and astronauts are the two teams I think that can really call themselves tag team of the year, which has kind of been the case for the last couple of years at this point. Um, just Greeny and Koo work such. They, they remind you of a mid two thousands ROH tag team. Not, not one that like existed. Like they don't remind me of the Briscoes or generico or any of them, but they would have fit so perfectly in that era um it's unreal so i mean there's really nothing else to say you need to watch if you're not watching deadlock pro you're missing so much of their case like they have made the case for themselves in deadlock pro and speaking of like mid-2000s feel like deadlock just has that mid-2000s feel in the absolute best way I mentioned earlier one match I really wish I would have gotten to before recording this is the um, Thatcher match from AIW. At least I have like at least one different match for him, but like the cage match against the Workhorsemen, uh, the match against 
Miracle Generation. I, I mean, it's just yeah. If you're not watching DPW, you're missing out. But yeah, that's that's Dom's case. It's just really, really good stuff. He he's only gotten better. I feel like after he took some time off, he came back more motivated than ever. And he's just really been killing it these last like 18 months. And it's really cool to see because uh, Greeny is like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. But yeah. All right. Number again to the Drew Mack case uh, had a ton of tag team bangers. The triple threat is real. I think he looked like the best wrestler in the world in that triple threat match. Um. I mean, y'all, y'all know where I stand on Sheamus. If you've ever, if you have followed me for any time at all, you know I think Sheamus is at worst top five WWE TV wrestler ever, and probably has a case for like number two behind Ray. In fact, you know I'm thinking about it. He probably is number two behind Ray, just because he is still killing it 15 years into his career like regularly on TV. It's a shame. It's just awesome. Uh, I wish I could have made room for him higher. Cause Seamus is like the first live match I ever saw was a Seamus versus Festus dark match at the June 1st, 2009 Monday night raw before he even made his ECW debut, like a couple months before he made his ECW debut. He, they had him doing dark matches and even like, 13-year-old Tanner was like, man, he hits, like, really hard. But that is crazy. That looks real. And now he's, like, still killing it, So, which is awesome. But, yeah, love Sheamus. One of my favorite wrestlers maybe ever. Such an underrated career. Um, So, yeah. But his case this year, again, watch the tag matches versus the Viking Raiders where he's teaming with McIntyre, that triple threat match. And he's had a couple of, like, other... Again, one of these cage matches I should have had pulled up. Because he's just had like a ton of just like fun TV stuff. Let me get pointed in the right direction here. Let's see, yeah, like right, and like right now he's working with Austin Theory a bunch, which is like whatever. Um, but yeah, like the Solo Sokoa match is fun for what it is. Like I said, the Intercontinental Triple Threat is a ton of fun. The him and oh, the McIntyre No Contest is a ton of fun. Um, I'm trying to think if I've come across anything from house shows this year. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I've come across anything house show related. I would like to see. I'm. Looking here on Cage Match, he has two matches with Gunther from House Shows this year. If I'm sure if you could track those down, you could probably make a great case, like a even better case. But yeah, just a ton of fun stuff. Like I said, the Solo Sokoa match, the, the McIntyre No Contest. They have a tag match with Imperium. That's fun. Uh, I haven't seen the triple threat match with Lashley in theory, just because I tend to avoid theory, just because he does nothing for me. But yeah. Seamus, he rules. All right, let's see. Number 39. Speaking of people that kind of fell onto my radar last minute, this person fell onto my radar extremely last minute, and I kind of just binged 
all their hype stuff from this year outside of like one match or two matches actually. Uh, we have Mio Momono. Uh, wrestles in Japan primarily. She rules. I mean, there's just not a whole bunch I can add that probably isn't said by people more articulate with me, especially or people that know Joji more than I do. I just it's a scene for a while was kind of hard to keep up with. Now it is a little easier, you know, watching like Marvelous or I mean, stardom's easier than ever to watch, obviously, but really like the the stuff outside of like the Tokyo Joji Pro and the stardom sphere sphere is getting easier to watch. So like one match I point to is this marvelous match with Arisa Nakajima from February 21st. It's amazing. Highly recommend uh, Mika Iwata. I believe that's from Sendai Girls. Yeah, Sendai Girls from February 24th. Highly recommend. Um, has a match with Vinny from Marvelous April 22nd. Highly recommend. Has a match with Shihiro Mashimoto from... That one's in my notes for some reason. From March 15th. I'd highly recommend. I mean, just... The, any singles match she's had this year, I just high recommendation. Like, I mean, it's in the great three and three fourths to like four and a quarter tier. I mean, she's incredible. Like, if if I was to watch if, like the few matches from hers I haven't, and she was to have a next six months as strong as the first six months of the year, I could. I mean, she'll she'll skyrocket on this list. All right, number 38, we got Sami Zayn. Um, again, a lot of his year has been tied up with the Bloodline and Reign stuff. That title match with Roman at Elimination Chamber is great for what it is in the bubble. Um, I fear on a rewatch it would probably go down knowing the result, but like in the moment, that was a really cool match. Tag title match was awesome at wrestlemania like i've already said and just like a ton of just like tags six man tags eight man tags whatever throughout the year and he's i mean he's just fun like his, his mic work the promo work has been extremely solid which i, I tend not to let way too much on a list like this but you know when you're ranking like my initial list had 220 wrestlers on it when you're trying to weed out wrestlers, like you do, I do take some of that stuff into consideration. Like, well, how much fun do I have watching them in a, not in the ring? Like if they're cutting a promo or something. So Sami Zayn gets, you know, a little boost from that. So yeah, 38 Sami Zayn, really not a whole bunch to be said added. I'm interested kind of in the same bubble as KO. I'm interested to see where the rest of the year takes him. Let's see. I'm making sure we're all right. Making sure we were good on time there. All right. Number 37. I hate that I could not get him higher because there's no way he gets higher than where he currently is on this list and in all likelihood drops a bit. We have Kijimudo slash Great Muda. Uh, the reason I say that in case somehow you're listening to this, you don't know that Muda retired in February of this year. So literally he made it to number 37 on this list based off of six weeks worth of work. Um. Which, you know, I, I've had some cases like that before, not necessarily 
six weeks worth of work, but like very few matches have gotten people extremely high on the list of mine in the past. Um, but yeah, everything Muto did this year is great. The Wrestle Kingdom tag match is great. The Naito retirement match is phenomenal. The Great Muda versus uh, Nakamura match is great. Uh, the Sting Six Man is great. The well, his true retirement match against Chono is one of the will probably go down as my favorite wrestling moment of the year. I can't think of much that would dethrone it. Um, yeah, like that's awesome he went out on such a high note i would have all those matches i just mentioned at four or higher outside of that six man at wrestle kingdom which i have that three and three fourths um but he was legitimately great like he really gave it his all you know the last few weeks of his career and it's so cool for i to to go out like that on your oh also (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the byway video at his retirement first of all if you can have your retirement show in the fucking dome uh you, you know you're kind of already going to get a few brownie points but to have your farewell video set to frank sinatra's my way is such a beast move i can't even fucking explain it uh so yeah mudo muda absolute legend one of my favorite wrestlers ever period dot sign it on the line but yeah the 30s i I could only get them into the mid 30s i'm sorry for those that were hoping for a top 10 run i was too but there's been a lot of really good wrestling this year and i've watched a lot of really good wrestling this year so that's that's my defaults there but literally anything from like muto muda's retirement run like since he announced it and like god the summer of 21 is great like i highly recommend you watch all of it number 36 we got kevin Koo. kevin like his tag partner dominic uh greeny has like problem at worst is the second best tag team in the world at worst i would need to compare and contrast uh but kevin also has that great brian keith title match from time bomb pro from the beginning of the year that puts him a few spots above Greeny. And I, again, I'm sure they could probably get right back neck and neck to each other. If I watch like the Greenies match with Thatcher or something of that nature, but yeah, so that really is what separates coup from Greeny here. And also just Kevin has just really improved it. Like has come leaps and bounds since the first time I watched him. I remember the first time watching him. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like he's okay. But now he's like one of my favorite acts to watch. Um, and I think, <laughs> I don't know, it feels so crazy how they're just not, everywhere isn't clamoring to book Violence is Forever as a team. It's going to be one of those things in like a couple of years where I'm just going to be like, how did people not just constantly, how are they not working like five days out of the week? But, you know, I don't have the money. Number 35, we have Hoodfoot. Uh, I was lucky enough to see Hoodfoot at the ICW um, doubleheader that I went to in Chattanooga. Had two great title matches against Bobby Beverly and Tommy Vendetta that were both really fun, both extremely different. Uh, the Beverly match was in the the pit, and then the Vendetta match was worth like a proper death match. But also Hoodfoot has 
an extremely fun uh, death match with Matt Tremont that I'd highly recommend watching for those out there into the death match thing. Um, Hoodfoot's like the best bleeder on the planet right now. So every time I watch them, I just get like, I just cackle because I'm just like, how can somebody do that? And like meeting them in person too is just like, holy shit. Like you don't realize just, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I just think of like pain tolerance, especially now that I've been to like a deathmatch show live. I'm just like, dude, how the fuck are you doing that? But yeah, uh, Hoodfoot's awesome. I hope to see him go higher on this list. He's somebody I really, really like. So I need to, I need to take some time and watch more of him. There's not a whole bunch of like his easily accessible stuff I haven't watched, but yeah, I just need to watch it. Number 34, we have Hikaru Sato. Uh, I always like to call Sato in January the wrestler of the year because he always somehow shows up like 14 times in the month of January and just has like just really good matches all over. Like I think in the first couple of days of the year, he worked Gleet and uh, Kyushu Pro and All Japan and just like all different styles and all those companies or whatever. Pretty much every Sato match you can watch. Oh, Tenru Project. Um, he he's so much fun every time I see him. He doesn't really get the chance to shine in all Japan versus his work in like Tenru Project. Uh, I I think he's only had the one match in Kushu Pro, which is phenomenal. It's against uh, oh god, let me get the name right here. I don't actually remember who it was. Conversanto against Hidamaro Sasaki from Kyushu Pro's January third show. Highly recommend it. You should go watch it. Uh, it's on YouTube, so really no excuse. Uh, but re- like really, when you're looking at like his year to year, he's making these really good runs on like these smaller indies, and then like the All Japan stuff is it's never bad, but it's like. He's padding stats. Like if you are like, I know some people that do this, that make star ratings into quantifiable numbers. So like, oh, a three star match is worth one point. A three and a quarter match is worth two points. Stuff like that, which, you know, fair play. You do that. That all Japan stuff is going to pad you a ton of one, two points where his Tenru project and like the other places he shows up in from time to time, he's wrestling DDT this year. Um, we'll get you like his actual, like true great standout performances. So yeah, he's really good. Um, highly, highly underrated. I feel like too. number 33, we have Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, yeah, not a whole bunch to be said that hasn't been said has uh, a couple of Gresham matches that I've really liked under his belt, has a tag match with Gresham against the Motor City Machine Guns that I really like, has the GCW World title match against uh, Masha Slamovic. He has a, G- or a JCW match against Mito Extremo that I really liked. God, what else? The, the pit match against Kenny King, which shouldn't have been as good as it was, but it was really good. Yeah, I mean... Speedballs. Oh, fuck. The Abushi match from Bloodsport <laughs> uh, was really good. Wasn't as high on the uh, Vikingo match from Spring Break as other people. Right? It wasn't Vikingo, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, 
as other people, but it's still like fine for what it was. Uh, but yeah, Speedball just kind of one of those guys. If you watch the easily accessible indies, you're gonna see Speedball pop up anywhere. Plus, he's you know working Impact regularly. Um, so yeah, I. I would say his crown jewel. I mean, the Ibushi match is super sick. There are people higher on it than I am, um, but it's awesome for what it is. Uh, but that tag title match uh, with Gresham versus Motor City Machine Guns is awesome. Uh, from Impact earlier this year, probably February or March. Highly recommend seeking that out because they uploaded it to their YouTube channel, so you can find it. Uh, but it rules. You should watch that. Number thirty-two, we have Samoa Joe. Um, again, you would have told me five years ago I would have had Samoa Joe like borderline top 30 wrestler of the year, like at any point in the year. I wouldn't have believed you. Just, I mean, shit, 2021, he was commentating at WrestleMania. Like, you know, you just, it's just one of those things you don't even really think about. Uh, he's had a Phenomenal run this year as ROH TV champion, and he was TNT champion for a little bit. Uh, the two great Derby matches help him get up here. The the Mark Briscoe match gets him up here. The Collision debut six man tag gets him here, and just like all the stuff he's been doing on ROH TV, uh, I really really wish they would have uh, done like a battle for the belt sort of thing. Samoa Joe versus Zack Sabre Jr. I, I realized with how you're doing Zack's run and doing Samoa Joe's run, it would have been weird to have seen a draw, although you could have just done the 15-minute time limit thing, whatever. But I really wish we would have got to see that match. But yeah, Samoa Joe and the Punk match can't even count on here, which I haven't... I, I've purposely not watched until after I've recorded this podcast. I did not want it to... um sway me one way or the other um and but from what i've heard it seems like there's gonna be more punk joe so it's just like holy shit so who knows how high samoa joe can go and i assume he's probably gonna have a title match at the roh pay-per-view next weekend so probably be pretty good i would bet on it number 31 we have kano pro wrestling noah uh but he's wrestled shit everywhere this year he's wrestled He's been tag champ in Dragon Gate. He's been tag champ in All Japan. And then he's just been wrestling in Noah. He's gone on like this crazy ass run. Um, but everything I've seen him in has been wildly entertaining. Uh, I think most people are probably, even if you don't watch Noah, you've probably seen the gif of him taking the like Falcon, Super Falcon Arrow onto the apron, onto the floor from Noah's uh, January 1st show the title match with uh kaido kiyomiya but yeah he he's really good a ton of people or i'd say a ton lots of people don't like him find him boring or like weirdly abrasive whatever i think he rules he's just a guy that kicks i love it <laughs> you know like there's nothing nothing really to add there but um he he has done a lot of different stuff this year and with congo disbanding i actually would think the rest of his year looks a little more interesting because yeah, I mean, a ton of his year has been teaming with different members of Congo. Like he won the dragon gate 
opened the Twin Gate titles with Shuji Kondo, won the All Japan. I don't remember which fucking pair of tag titles it was, but he won those with Soya. Um, but his case is a lot of these like six, eight, ten man tags in Noah. Really, uh, I mean, he has the Naito match from uh the Wrestle Kingdom New Japan Noah joint show in Wrestle Kingdom, but like uh. Oh, this is the match I was looking for earlier. This is from uh, Great Muda's final appearance. So this is from the show with Sting and stuff, uh, the January 22nd show. Kiyomiya, Wagner Jr., uh, Sugura, and Kojima versus Kino, Nakajima, Funaki, and Soya. Awesome, awesome match that I feel like nobody in the world has seen. I went four on it. Um, I feel like nobody else has watched it. I don't know why. I assume because a lot of people probably just turned on that Noah show to seeing like Sting and Muda teaming with each other, which that match rules in itself too. But yeah, Th- this match is awesome. Like it went like 20 minutes, but like everybody killed it in this match. But yeah, so that's what gets Keno at 31. Number 30. <laughs> Let me take a sip of water before I do this one. I feel like some people are going to be mad at me. Um, because I'm basing this off of three matches. We have CM Punk at number 30 on this list. Let me let me get into it before you turn the podcast off. Let me give some reasoning. Um, he rules. He's funny. No, but uh the first of all, coming coming back, I I honestly thought for a little bit he might not ever wrestle again. Um post brawl out that, that those feelings kind of went away like at the beginning of the year where it definitely seemed like he would come back um but to come back and be performing at such a high level already like the six man tag rocks from collision the eight man tag rocks from collision but the real crown jewel of, and what got him so high up on this list is that forbidden door match with satoshi kojima (laughs) i mean probably kojima's best singles match in like 10 years probably so i mean he just he he gets it i mean it's (laughs) he gets it there's nothing really more i can add to his case i just and he could fall i'm not saying he could fall from from grace or maybe the nostalgia maybe the the newness wears off of it but fuck i pro wrestling is a better place when cm punk can wrestle I, i'll just put it like that um yeah if you haven't already guessed it by me talking those matches up so much go watch <laughs> those two collision matches uh that eight man tag goes like a half hour that six man tag goes like 20 minutes so it does it is a little bit of time but it's very well worth your time uh, in my opinion and he's phenomenal in it and like i said that match with kojima should not have worked as well as it did and it worked great i can't believe there's people on this planet that would rather him wrestled kenta than satoshi kojima because a satoshi kojima is currently a better wrestler than kenta but no way punk and kenta would have been a quarter as good as that match no fucking way Top 30 time. Number 29, we have Kazuchika Okada. Uh, 
yeah, I'm shocked too because Okada is a wrestler that I do not seek out on my own. I still have not watched the Jay White title match from Wrestle Kingdom. Probably never will. That match does nothing for me on paper. Um, but w- what has gotten me this year is Okada becoming <laughs> just like the biggest of dickheads. Um, obviously, the match that comes to mind is from that first like Yokohama Arena. Wrestle Kingdom show where he teams with Makabe of all people against uh, Inamura and Kaito and you know goes like eight minutes it rules the the I think the singles match is still excellent um not the finish I would have gone with but you know it's just politics I do think Kaito is probably gonna get his win back in the G1 so I'm not super worried about it like from a booking perspective but that match rocks his stuff he's doing with the six-man titles rocks, and he has the Danielson match as well to hang his cap on, even though I wasn't like as high as other people in that match. That I mean, that match is objectively good. Like you yeah, that yeah, that it's a good match. So yeah, I, I'm shocked that I have Okada this high. I don't know if I've ever had Ho- oh, <laughs> Okada this high on any like wrestler of the year list i've done be it a top 50 a top 100 i've i don't think i've ever had okada sniffing top 25 but yeah and it's very possible if he has a couple of like pull you know matches out of his ass in whatever g1 block he's in which i don't remember i'm sure it's abysmal like the other ones um and then also continuing with those six-man titles with tanahashi and ishii i can only see him going up and it seems apparent whether it happens this year or at wrestle kingdom next year that he's going to get his win back with danielson which means there will be another danielson match so yeah number 28 yuma aoyagi uh again somebody else that i just would not have expected to have made it this high a couple years ago um has the best champion carnival under him and that that's really what made his entire case to me um but also has a really good triple crown or actually a great triple crown match with miyahara from february uh the contendership match i talked about with the saito brothers earlier the tag title match him and nomura versus uh miyahara and takuya nomura was really good so yeah, he's just had an excellent year. And again, there's stuff on like that's already happened that I haven't been able to count, like his triple count match with Nagata that probably would have got him just uh, maybe maybe a, a spot or two higher. Um and stuff like that. I also I haven't seen the match against he had against Atsuki Aoyagi, which is his brother. I'm sure it's probably like a proper ass kicking that I would have loved more than anybody. So I just didn't have the time for it. But yeah. Aoyagi number twenty eight. If it hasn't been apparent yet, go watch the Champion Carnival from this year. It's like 50 matches in total, but you can, honest to God, make your way through it in like two days of casual watching. Like, it's super short. Most of the matches go less than 10 minutes. So it's one of my favorite round robins in recent memory. Number 27, I've already mentioned them quite a few times on this episode, but Yuji Hino, uh, current KOD champ in DDT, which is his entire case, is his DDT run. Uh, I was a little disheartened when he beat Higuchi for the title at the beginning of the year, but since then, he has really 
first of all, he got like a good match out of Yukio Naya, who I, I don't really care for. Um, but all of his like, I think his majority of his cases made in his uh, like prelude tags, like these, you know, straight tag matches, six man tags, are all like good to great, like legitimately three, three, four, four star matches. He's having on like these random DDT house shows, like I, you know, be it against Higuchi, and he's teamed with so many different people too. Like he's teamed with just off the top of my head. Yukio Sakaguchi, uh, Harashima, um, Junakiyama, obviously uh, Makoto Oishi. They're a part of, I think their group's just called Omega, maybe. Um, I think he teamed with Chris Brooks for a little bit. I mean, all of it has been good. Like, he, you can find any match he has had in DDT and it has been at least good. So, highly recommend. And Yuji Hino has kind of like been one of those. I feel like he kind of had like that <laughs> year where he got really popular because he got booked. This is when K Dojo was making well A existed, but was making like semi regular tape, and he got like a big Japan booking, uh, teaming with Okabe Yapashi as uh, Double Yuji. Um, but yeah, that it kind of rocks to see him like have this run with more fans in the West aware that he exists. And number twenty six, we have Tank. Uh southern indie legend tank uh really kind of getting his flowers across america in the deathmatch scene right now you know working icw on a regular basis and not just working icw when they're in chattanooga as they recently were but um also work gcw in huntsville um worked chicago with icw and he's just he's killed it like the fact that he almost retired six years ago is well, I mean, he did retire for a little bit. But the fact that almost happened is crazy because he's having a great run right now. Has a phenomenal match with Matt Tremont from March. The two matches from IC the latest ICW Chattanooga Weekender was awesome. The Doctor Redacted match, which we talked about earlier, but had an amazing death match with Mickey Knuckles. Um that will not get talked about enough, but like it's it was so cool to see like two legitimate deathmatch pioneers wrestle and it be good. Uh, live, it was all, like they, they were exchanging punches like five feet from me at one point, and which is really rad. Um, but yeah, Tank, go watch his stuff. I'm super excited for his match with Thatcher SCI this weekend or. As this goes live, SCI this weekend, um, and I can only imagine uh, he continues to kill it this year. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick break. You're not going to hear it, but, you know, I'm going to be gone. And it's going to be like, oh, and I'm back. I'm taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Getting into the top 25 wrestlers of the year so far. We're here. Top 25 time. Um, I honestly haven't decided if I'm going to split up top 25 from top 10, like split up 25 through 11 from 10 to one. I guess it kind of just depends how long I talk about 25 through 11, but let's, you know, no need to hold back. We're, we're getting into it. Number 25, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Um, the, yeah, I mean, love Nakajima. I am kind of sad to see him 
reform axis with shiozaki i actually haven't watched any of that stuff yet um but i i enjoyed nakajima more as like the heel as opposed to like bully face but yeah so we'll see how the rest of his year lines up as far as match recommendations you can watch anything with him in it i really like the shingo takagi match um has a ton of eight and ten man tags as part of Congo that you can go to. Has a match where he teams with Soya versus Thatcher and Wagner Jr. That's worth going out of your way for. Um, that random tag t- or that random t- tag tournament that Noah ran, Kojima Kondo versus Yoshioka and Nakajima was fun. But also around before was Nakajima and Yoshioka versus Marafuji and Hiroki. That was a ton of fun. I mean, yeah, I mean. God, his whole year is just kind of stacked. Uh oh, the match from uh whatever the hell show. <laughs> Mudo's uh retirement, uh teaming with Kino and Soya versus uh the all Japan team, Aoyagi, Suwama, and Miyahara was awesome. We're actually by the day this comes out tomorrow, um we're getting Miyahara and Nakajima singles, so that will probably be one of the first matches I watch from the month of July because uh, that should be really good. Uh, yeah, he has the singles match with Kino that a ton of people have gushed about. I personally have not seen it, but I bet you won't be wasting your time going out of your way to see it. And just like a ton of like house show stuff. Um, that really that is like something that sets him apart too. Is that he does like a, have a like a, a house mode gear for sure, but like his house mode gear is still like I'm going to kill you. So it's still wildly entertaining. Number twenty four, we have Shotaro Ashino um, from All Japan. Really built his case. I hate that he's injured. Did not get his triple crown match because I, in my opinion, he was going to win the title from Nagata. Um. But his champion carnival run was great. Uh, his semifinal match with Shuji Ishikawa was fantastic. Um, the finals match against T Hawk is probably one of my top ten or fifteen matches of the year. I would have to like sit down and actually write them out, but definitely top ten or fifteen. It's phenomenal. A ton of people didn't like that match, and I just I don't get it. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I watch wrestling wrong. Um, but yeah, like everything he did in the champion carnival was good. Like I'm looking here, like his match with Ray Saito was great. The Yuma Anzai match was great. The Suwama match was like really good. The Amori match was really good. But yeah, like his his whole case is built on him being like the second standout in the champion carnival. What gets him ahead of Yuma uh, Aoyagi, for instance, is he had like two legitimate great. He had the two best matches of the tournament, in my opinion, the Ishikawa match and the finals match, which is how uh, a tournament should be. I think, I think if you're not building towards your finals match, being the best match of the tournament, then you're kind of like doing the whole tournament format wrong anyways. But yeah, Uh, definitely go out of your way to watch those matches. Number 23, we have Masashi Takeda. Speaking of tournaments, has, again, one of my, probably one of my five favorite matches of the year, probably top five. The um, 
match, it's him and uh God Sukamoto, I think is how do you pronounce it? Don't quote me on that. Crazy lovers versus astronauts. They do like shoot style death match, which is like pretty rad. Uh the final match for teaming against uh Kobayashi and Watamasu is really I mean it's excellent. Uh, he works like a 10 minute sprint death match with Jun Kasai at the very beginning of the year. He has another match in Freedoms that I really enjoyed. Let me. Yeah, it's a six man tag Jun Kasai, Toro Segura, uh, Dasuke <laughs> Masaoka, and then versus Yamashita, Ito, and Takeda from uh, the February 2nd Freedom show. It's rad. You should definitely watch that. Uh, and yeah, that, I mean, that's that, everything I've seen from Takeda this year has been great. I, again, I haven't really watched a ton of like the house show, big Japan stuff. So, but everything I've seen from him is great. You will, will not be wasting your time watching any of his, like, especially like higher state death matches. Um, Again, that astronauts match is really the like crowning achievement there. He is excellent in it. Like legitimate hatred is coming through the screen during that match in ways that a lot of matches just don't hit the mark for me. But man, that match is like something incredible. Like that that match is worth like the big Japan core sign up. That I unfortunately had to uh sorry, I took a sip of water. That I unfortunately had to subscribe to, to to watch. But yeah, highly, highly recommend anything with him in it. But yeah, number 23. Number 22, we have Kaito Kiyomiya, uh, Noah's golden boy, golden goose, ace of the promotion. Uh, I, I've kind of talked about his big stuff from talking about other people's cases. What really sets him apart, too, is just like, I guess, the combination of all those things. He he has the parts of the Okada stuff that is great. He has the Keno stuff that's great. He has a ton of eight and ten man tags from these Noah House shows that are great. He has the All In main event that is very very good. I mean he he's just killed it. I've loved him all year. Um, not his like best year ever in ring for six months, but I'm really hoping. Him against the the Musketeers in the in the G one, uh, and maybe he can get something serviceable out of Sonata. And I assume he comes out of that G one block, and that's where he gets his win back versus Okada in like the I guess the G one quarterfinals because what they're taking the top two from every block and doing eight man tournament. Um, he would get his win back against Okada in the quarterfinals. Um, yeah. I like so I think he's only going to get better if those matches like deliver, but he has had an excellent, excellent, excellent year, and more people need to watch him because he works. It, he his high spots are 90s New Japan, but all the matches he works are like 80s old Japan in like the best way. And it, it, it's it's just good stuff. Like highly recommend them. As far as specific matches go, I, I still think the best match he's been in this year was like the Okada shoot per se, but you can't go wrong with anything. I've He has like a random singles match with Amakusa uh, from like Janu uh, Noah show in January. That's really good. So, yeah. Number 21, we have Matt Tremont. 
Uh, somebody else, too, that seemingly was going to retire and just didn't. I guess, you know, pretty common in pro wrestling, but it's just kind of funny. Uh, he has killed it this year. It has the tank match that I mentioned earlier uh, from the March ICW show. Has the hood foot match. That's great. Has the uh, opener of that uh, tournament of survival in GCW. Matt Tremont versus John Wayne Murdoch versus El Desperado. That is awesome. That I'd highly recommend. Um, yeah, he's just kind of killed it everywhere he has showed up this year. And I mean, he's he's like with Gage's body like breaking down the way it has. Like Tremont has taken up the mantle of like king of the death match in the U.S. Like uh, to me, it's worth going out of your like. I would pay, which I would to see Nick Gage too, but like he is like the guy that can still perform at that high level, like the expectations fans have for him. He still, Oh my God. I, how did I not mention the fucking madman Pondo match? Oh my God. From uh 56 nights. It's like January 1st, January 2nd or something like that. GCW show that match also rocks like maybe the hoot of the year. Yeah, but he, he kills it every time he goes out there. And I want to see him more. <laughs> That's really the only way to put it. Uh, I, I want to see him and I would like to see him in a, in a few more non deathmatch things. But like, I, I don't know if that's just where his heart is anymore. Uh, but yeah, he's rocked in everything I've seen him in this year. Number 20, we have a Mystico from CMLL. Uh, this is original OG Mystico, yes, this is WWE's Sankara OG um, in CMLL. He is just, I mean, again, killed it this year. The All the tags in CMLL was fantastic on the Fantastica Mania Tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, he, <laughs> I never thought I would enjoy him this much, but like, like watching him this year, I've been like oh so that's why you became like a cultural phenomenon in mexico before i started watching lucha but yeah like everything he's been in this year has been like good to great like even like the match from uh all-star junior festival it's mystico alejandro billy Kin kid and garukin mask versus atlantis junior bushi dragon kid and black Ray. that match is like borderline great like go watch it. Uh, he has a ton of stuff teaming with uh, Atlantis Jr., like Templario, in CMLL at least in the, you know the first few months of the year. Uh, he teams with Teton. He has a singles match with Stuka Jr. That's really really good. Uh, yeah, just go, go. Pretty much, if you see Mystico, like you're going to get a show. And I'll leave it at that, but highly recommend checking out some of his stuff. If you have been sleeping on Lucha, go watch CMLL this year. Like, you can even start if you, I mean, just going from me, go to my, uh, like, match of the year thread I have on Twitter. Look for CMLL, watch all those matches. You're not going to be disappointed, but 
there's a ton of other resources out there that are much better than me. If you want to message me about those, I can point you in those directions. Um, but yeah, CMLL has just really killed it this year. And pretty much there's something weekly on their TV that is worth seeing. Um, and it's kind of over, it's kind of overwhelming, like just keeping up with just like Lucha. Um, and CMLL is doing so many shows that make tape a week. It is kind of overwhelming just trying to keep up with them. So it's very hard, but um, some people, people need to like go to bat for these luchadors, these CML guys, especially towards the end of the year um, stuff, like as the Chris 100 ramps up, or if you vote in the Meltzers or whatever and everything else. Number 19, we have Yoshinobu Kanamaru. <laughs> he what can i say he has just been great all year had a great best of the super juniors uh and just like a ton of tag matches outside of that that have all been good to great but god he one of those guys that ha hasn't had a ton of great but everything has been good to very good um and he just has such a volume it's kind of undeniable that if given the opportunity, he can still bust out something special. Um, but like they're not really looking for that in him. I, I will say the junior tag title match against TJP and Francesco, where you teams with Dookie, is phenomenal. It's, it's it's a truly great match, and he's the like the second best guy in the match. But yeah, I who who would have thought? That here we are, 2023, halfway through the year, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, 19th best wrestler in the world, as uh, voted on by experts. Number 18, we have Kento Miyahara. Again, a really good champion carnival run. Came into the year as Triple Crown champ, won the tag titles shortly thereafter. So has had a lot of high-profile stuff. Um, has the Yuma Aoyagi match. The title switch with Nagata is great. I will say I I liked the title match against Takuya Nomura, but Kento really went like full Kento in that match and did a lot of stuff I did not like. Uh, I ended up coming out of that match liking it. I went like three and a quarter on it. Uh, Champion Carnival was fun. His like interpromotional stuff he showed up in has been good. I haven't seen him in Gleet. I know he wrestled in Gleet recently. I haven't had the chance to watch that. Uh, but yeah, he has just been consistently very good to great all year. Um, the Nagata match, depending on how those other Nagata match, Triple Crown matches gone, might end up being a miracle. He might have got the best Nagata match in ages. Um, so that, and, and I love Nagata. I mean, he's on this fucking list. But um, there's only so much he can do in a singles capacity at this point. But yeah, Miyahara, love him. Super excited for the Nakajima match. I'm interested to see what else he does this year because seemingly, at least for a little bit, he's out of the Triple Crown picture. His tag partner is Triple Crown. or uh, I guess not tag partner. Well, yeah, they just won the tag titles together again. Yeah. Well... You know, he's tag champ again, um, but his tag partner is Triple Crown champ. So who knows what the rest of the year means for him? Let's see. 
Speaking of number 17, Takuya Nomura, again, uh, showed up in All Japan early part of the year. Super good. I mean, the best part of everything he showed up in, but also the astronaut stuff has really catapulted him up this high. Um, And I I guess it's kind of hard to talk about him without talking about Fuminori Abe, who I have at 16. Um, Their work as astronauts, again, I mentioned it earlier. At worst, they're the second best tag team in the world. There is no debate in my mind. At the end of the year, the best tag team in the world will either be Violences Forever or Astronauts. I just don't know which. Um, Or Nomura, his single stuff is a little bit weaker, but he has some stronger performances in trio stuff, working Big Japan. Um, Abe has worked a ton of different styles. He, you know, the again, astronaut stuff, huge part of this case. He has singles matches and trios matches in Zero One that he's worked. He has multi-man matches in DDT that he's worked. Uh, shit, what else? He worked uh, a Basara show that made tape that his tag match was really good. I mean, he's just good everywhere. I, that's what... I, I Between Abe and Nomura... Abe gets the slight edge from a volume case. He is just, I've seen him more, and I think he has wrestled more than Nomura this year, but both have had phenomenal years. Again, astronauts at worst is the second best tag team in the world. Um, I would say Abe's crowning achievement this year also is probably that big Japan tag I mentioned earlier against Crazy Lovers. Um, Haven't seen the Okabayashi singles match yet, and also with Nomura, I haven't seen the Sekimoto singles match yet, so that could also change things a little bit but and also Ab- i will say one thing working in abe's favor right now is abe is in the uh fire festival and he's in a great block he's in the block with fudo and like kingo mashimo who if i had seen anything from this year would have probably made this list but yeah so we'll see how that ends up throughout the year number 15 three years ago i had never heard of this wrestler and and that's that's one thing I love about wrestling because it's not like number fifteen. Number fifteen is Dookie, Duke, however you pronounce it. Um, I, that's one thing I love about wrestling is these guys that come out of nowhere and just kind of blow your socks off. And that's what he has done for me, especially this year. Excellent, best of the Super Juniors run has the best match of Jungle Boy's career, in my opinion. Super fun on the Fantastica Mania tour. Working these CMLO shows has been fun. I mean, he even makes like watching New Japan, like middle of the show house show matches entertaining, like worth it because he busts out crazy shit every time. His body can do shit I can't even explain. He can tie himself into knots and get out of said knots. It's it's very very impressive. But yeah, uh, like borderline, I think the only thing like stopping him from top 10 here is just the lack of a truly great singles match, um, like a match of the year candidate. And that, and really when we're getting this high, that is what's cutting you off from making the top 10 is like not having like a, a match of the year candidate in some shape or form. I, I mean, that just comes with the territory. Um, unless you just have a string of great matches, which uh, he's not really put in the position to do. But he's phenomenal. Love him to death. 
uh, I hope he continues to kill it this year. He he is somebody in New Japan. I wish they would pair against heavyweights more often. Um, I would love to see what he could do with like Saber Junior. I would love to see like a TV title or a New Japan World TV title match, whatever the fuck they call that title uh, match between him and Saber Junior. I think that'd be really good. But yeah, definitely check out his best of Super Junior stuff. Any match he had at the best of Super Juniors is worth watching. Uh, number 14 is somebody I hadn't heard of till this year. We have Tyson Meguchi. So if you've never heard of Tyson Meguchi, he primarily wrestles in Gambare Pro. He is, to my knowledge, the only wrestler that is tied to the Abushi uh, Wrestling Institute wrestling research institute whatever ibushi's call calls like his self brand he's the only other wrestler a part of it um he's like a i don't know if he was a former kickboxer but he brings a lot of kickboxing stuff to wrestling um every match i've seen of his this year is great I, actually the only thing stopping him from being higher is that i have only seen six matches of his but all six have been legitimately great i would say his worst match of the year is he has a match with uh Yasu Yorano that is just good, but the other five matches are legitimately great. Uh anytime you see him, you need to watch it. What really got me was the title match he had with Mizuki Wataze from uh Adrenaline, uh January 5th, uh Gombari Gombari Pro Show. I'm trying to see what else he's done. He oh, he does have a match from uh Best Body Japan season opener January 11th against Sho Karazawa. That is a borderline great, not quite there. So that's something else that stops them. But uh, Meguchi Wataze versus Oka and Toba, great. Harshima Wataze and Kisuke Ishii versus Katsumura Meguchi and uh, Suyoshi Okada from Gombari is great. Uh, and then. Wataze, Wada, and Kanzaki versus Katsumura, Meguchi, and Nakamura is great. That's the thing about these Gombari Pro shows, like their house shows, like they build upon like these six man tags. They do Captain's Falls, which is like one of my favorite gimmicks from like early day. Noah Dragon Gate still does them or did them, but Gombari Pro really like runs them often. Um, so that's something I really like. And sometimes you'll get guys that wrestle multiple matches on a show. So, and they're good because they work like a different, like they'll work like a, like a mat wrestling match and then work like a straight up half hour long six man tag. So that's what gets Meguchi on this list. Again, what stops them from getting top 10 at this point? Cause also for top 10, you need to have the quantity and he d just doesn't have the quantity there. But yeah. Number 13, we have Atlantis Jr. Um, kind of similar to the Mystico case. I, I think the what draws him apart to me from Mystico is that I just like his style more. Um he I, it's it's kind of weird to explain. He is exactly what you think a heavyweight luchador would be. B because I mean I know he was on the All-Star Junior Festival show, but like he just doesn't work like a normal junior. Like I think of him as like a, a 225 heavyweight. I don't I don't know if he actually is, but it's just what he reminds me of. But 
I mean, yeah, he he's been great all year. Um, kind of an underrated match: Templario Atlantis Jr. versus Mystico and Volador Jr. from uh, Fantastica Mania Day Two, February twenty third. Go check that out. But uh, he's just one of those guys. You see him in anything, you should watch it because he, <laughs> like his dad, I think he is going to go down as like a legitimate all time great. So it's always fun to get on, get in on the ground floor with uh, those kind of wrestlers. And I think he is that kind of wrestler. He's had a ton of great performances this year. And I think it's only going to get better. Um, so yeah, that's Atlantis Jr. Again, I've, I've made my case. If I haven't talked to you into watching CML yet, I'm not going to. But that's my case. Like that. Listen to how many CML guys I had on this list. Go, go watch their stuff. Number twelve. Somebody that almost like on the first draft of this list I had at number ten, but with with some thinking on it, I they made it to twelve. I have Satoshi Kojima. I know he has had easily the best year of his career since I've been watching. But even from all the other stuff I've watched, like just an all like one of his probably three or four best years ever. Uh, he started the year in Noah as tag champ, worked the champion carnival, has occasionally made appearances in New Japan, but has primarily been in all Japan. And he has just killed it everywhere. He had a great champion carnival, has had multiple great tag matches in all Japan. Uh, the punk match from Forbidden Door. Also really helped his case here. Uh, the tag title match versus uh, Inaba and Kitamiya with Segura. You know, great tag title match. The Kinefuji match is good for what it was. It wasn't great or anything, but it was good. And again, several tag matches in all Japan that have been great. But really, his like, what makes his run for me is his uh, carnival runs. Like that's what got him so high. Um. That and the punk match happening like right at the deadline helped him quite a bit too. Um, but he's been he's been awesome and like everything I've seen him in this year. Like he just has like he has been rejuvenated. He is re- uh, like a revitalized pro wrestler, and it's really cool to see him just come back and kill it in this way that he has done. Because I just did not expect, like, I did not expect 2023 Kojima to be a borderline top game guy. And it is possible that, I mean, just, I mean, I'm looking at my, the 11 names I have in front of them. Just based on pure quantity, he could get ahead if he, like, continued his his ways. Like, who who's to say? Because I've really enjoyed him as, like, the elder statesman in all Japan. So, yeah. He, uh. He has been a ton of fun. But number 11, last guy before the top 10. I really, really, really wanted to fit him in at 10. I just couldn't pull the trigger on it com- comparing. But uh, I have Anthony Henry at number 11. Um, kind of a uh, Southern indie um, mainstay, but it's kind of broken out. Recently was signed to NXT for a little bit, so he's getting more bookings around the country now. Had a phenomenal title match against Adam Priest at the beginning of the year. Since then, he's primarily been working with James, uh, J.D. Drake, James Drake, as uh, the workhorseman. Uh, has had a, the great steel cage match 
in Deadlock Pro that I mentioned earlier. He wrestled a few like ROH slash AEW Dark. I don't remember which brand, honestly, but he had this was like a, a really fun TV match with Mascara Dorada. The Adam Priest match again is phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to think what else off the top of my tongue or top of my head, even. But I mean, really, like Workhorseman. I've talked a lot about Violence is Forever and Astronauts. Workhorseman. When I watch more, oh, also has a match with a KZ. KZY, KZ from Garden uh, State. That was really good. Uh, Dragon Gate guy. But yeah, Workhorseman also probably has claim to the second best tag team in America. So yeah, uh, their their stuff is, is great as a team together. I, what puts Hen- Henry so high is, again, that Adam Priest match is phenomenal. Um, it just has gotten more singles opportunities than Drake. But uh, yeah, Anthony Henry, number 11. I remember seeing him live for the first time like six years ago. I think it was Scenic City. Yeah, Scenic City Rumble 2017. He wrestled a wrestler named Torque. Um, if you can track that match down, go watch it because it is one of the most brutal ass kickings I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, Henry has only improved more since then and has really learned to like not just base a match around being able to kick really good and he can build a really well executed like climax to a match and like really work his way up and do a lot with like sometimes some of his limited surroundings um like as far as like venue size go and stuff but yeah anthony henry number 11 how long was this okay let's i i will break it up just to make things easier we're going to take one last final break before we bop into the top 10. You're not going to even know I'm gone, but I'm going to be gone for just a second, and I'll see you then. Back. Top 10 time. Uh, if you just jumped to the timestamp, haven't listened to any of the rest of the podcast, welcome. If you have been on this nearly three-hour journey of me talking about numbers 100 through 11, best wrestlers on the planet of 2023 so far, welcome back to you. But we are here to talk about the, in my opinion, top 10 wrestlers on the planet. I would love to hear your thoughts Um, just right before we get into this. Tell me what you think of the list. Tell me what I could do different if I did this at the end of the year and stuff like that. Um, I would really appreciate any sort of feedback that y'all could throw out there. But let's get into the wrestlers. That's why you're here. Number 10 on the list. We have Brian Danielson. Uh, I know I'm kind of shocked. Um, like when I put this list together, I could really, I put Danielson at 10 and I said, that feels right. Um, that was probably kind of hot, especially, which is not how I would have thought the year went, especially with how hot of a beginning of the year he had. Uh, I mean, just for instance, he has the match with Moxley teaming against Top Flight. He has the run of incredible singles matches leading up to that MJF Ironman match, which in and of itself is a miracle. I think what really stops him is like his time away from the ring for a little bit. Um, and then also he's away now, but like he had a good singles match with Brian Cage, with Bandito, Takeshita, 
uh Roosh, the Roosh match is fucking incredible. Uh the Thatcher match, like I said, the MJ F match is a minor miracle and the Okada, Okada match really is just a feather in his cap at a point anarchy in the arena um but yeah I hate that he's missing blood and guts but whatever you know I'd rather him stay healthy for longer than him risk it but yeah Danielson number 10 that feels morally cor- incorrect but in my heart I know that is as high as I could go on them. Um, especially with like with me not being as high on the Okada match, I'm not near as high on uh, some people on the MJF match. Again, the fact that it's watchable again is a minor miracle to me, even with an all-time worker in there. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, number ten, great spot to be. Number, <laughs> I think this is where I'm going to lose some people. Uh, number nine, he has been a longtime favorite of mine in a certain corner of the internet. I I mean, just based off of this list, I think he's the best guy in his promotion and probably has been for like 15 years. We have Suwama from All Japan. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what can I say? Had prior to Ashino having the Ishikawa match and the... Uh, finals match with T-Hawk had the best match in the tournament with Nabu Soya of all people. Uh, they just slugged it out, but th- that's his style. He just slugged it out with everybody in the fucking tournament and it rules. Um, all of the six mans I've mentioned previously with, uh, the Saito brothers as part of the voodoo murderers, uh, the Omori Suwama Kojima versus Ishikawa Nagata Miyahara six man tag match rules. The stuff with Kino, um, and all Japan and Noah, well, not really Noah. They they have the the one like six man tag where they interacted in a at a Mudo's final show. But he's ruled all year. Um, he legitimate great performances and a ton of different matches. Has had very good matches with a wide variety of opponents. Uh, he just has continued to kill it. Like you know. I think next year is his 20th year as a wrestler. Uh, but, you know, he started older than most. And he has just continued to kill it. He just really lays his shit in in a way that I find very satisfying. He's like, I mean, he reminds me of... I don't want to say that. I feel like people will get mad. But he does remind me a lot of Samoa Joe as far as, like, his strike-based offense goes because he just really lays it in. But also... He kind of reminds me of Stan Hansen in the sense of like, oh, is he just hitting people so hard because he's closing his fucking eyes? Because I could believe it because he hits people really fucking hard and I just feel like he's just blindly throwing his arms. It's really funny. But yeah, he rocks my socks off. <laughs> I really wish he would do more interpromotional stuff. Like I would have loved if he was the All Japan guy to do the N1 or something, but I'll take what I can get. Number eight, uh, we have Darby Allen, somebody that kind of fell off after the first few months of the year, but still had like such an, an incredible first few months of the year that, that it kind of, you know, I, I can't go without saying the two Samoa Joe matches are great. Great match with Mike Bennett, really good match with Juice Robinson, great match with Kushida. Uh, 
was the Buddy Matthews match this year? My, it was. Yeah, the Buddies Matthew match is like borderline great. Sting six man tag uh, with Muda and them was great. The, I like the uh, oh my god, double or nothing fatal four way title match. I think that match was really good for what it was, if not a little bit corny, but I liked it. It's probably two of those guys' best, one of those guys' best match of his career, and another guy's best match of his career without an all-time great holding him by the hand. But yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think a big part of that it was because of Darby. So yeah, Darby ends up at number eight. I, Dar- as any of my top ten goes, Darby is the one I fear will probably fall off the most just because I'm not like in love with what they're currently doing in AEW. So I could definitely see them like tapering off uh, a bit through the year number seven um i may have him ranked higher than anybody else on the planet i'd be interested to know pig destroyer which if you don't know there is a uh, group of uh, luchador pigs called Perqueza extrema uh down in mexico that just wrestle like i, I don't want to call it deathmatch because it's not really deathmatch but they wrestle a a ecw-esque style um where I mean they they bleed, they hit people with chairs, and they just punch and it rocks. Uh destroyer. I I could have ranked really every pig somewhere on this list. Um but really like because as a collective they're really, 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 really good. Probably my favorite group on the planet. But destroyer really stands out to me versus like pig pool or vic pig decapitator or Destructor. There's like six of them. Um, they don't really stand out to me like Pig Destroyer does, mainly because Pig Destroyer A is just way bigger than all of them, but Pig Destroyer also wears like a Joker pig mask, which is really sick. Uh, and he also has a like singles performances that are really good versus like, I don't think any of the other pigs do. Like Pig Destroyer has a match uh, that really like put him on my radar for the year. Um, oh my god, where is it? Right here. Pig Destroyer versus Brazo de Oro Jr. versus Aviano 5 Jr. versus Dr. Carante Jr. versus Frasero Jr. from what show is that? Da, 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 da. From oh my god, um Felice Dia de Reyes, January 6th. Just search those five names, you will find it. It's in my match of the year thread, so and I know I linked that match. Go watch it. But he rocks, he bleeds, love risking ma- ripping mask. It's so funny because sometimes like two matches from the same day will pop up, and then one they're like this monster heel like trio or group or whatever, and the next one like it's just a bunch of little kids like losing their shit because they're like heroes. It's awesome. Pig destroyer rules somebody needs to money mark perqueza extrema to come to america i don't care who the fuck you put them against but they need to come to america and wrestle honestly they would be a perfect fit for icw or gcw uh bring them in come on maybe gringo locos world on lucha three or four whatever the fuck bring them in next year have them work just like a indie lucha here's my dream you do like the main you do 
Destructor, Destroyer, um, Decapitator, and Pigpool versus do Gringo Loco, um, Vikingo, Commander, and do who's the, put fucking Psycho Clown in there? Who cares? Um, they've actually wrestled Psycho Clown this year, so it works. Do a eight man crazy ass match. Do it. Book it, please. Do it for me. But yeah, pig pig destroyer number seven. Number six. We have Mickey Knuckles. Um, Mickey Knuckles is somebody that doesn't get on here because of quantity, gets on here because of quality, because I have two matches of hers in my top five of the year. Uh both ICW. Um, she has a match with Lufisto from WrestleMania weekend, but it it's when they're in Jersey. Uh, that is absolutely incredible. They beat the fuck out of each other for, <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to describe it. Uh, they just beat each other's asses. It rocks. And then, um, at this ICW doubleheader, she wrestled Peyton, Peyton Blair, who I never heard of. It sounds like they're just kind of getting their start in wrestling in like my third, my number three match of the year, just a crazy, it's a proper death match, but they did it in the pit. Um, and it's like, it's such a visceral match to see live. I don't know how it would hold up on tape, but live it was insane. Um, they both bleed a ton. I mean, just a great brawl inside the cage, outside the cage. It rocks. And then also the, the match I mentioned earlier, she had with tank also a part of that weekend is a great match that not a match of the year, like candidate, but would easily make my top 50 matches top 75 matches of the year but those two matches in particular that i just mentioned versus lou fisto and versus peyton blair are like my number three and my number five matches of the year so you know you kind of got to make it and a large part of that is because of of mickey knuckles so you know number five getting into the top five I, I want to say it kind of seems like chalk to me. Like I look at my top five and I don't, I don't think it's like anything too groundbreaking, too exciting. I think all of these guys have had praise in their respective corners. Um, although I don't think I would know anybody that would have this top five as their top five in any order. So, you know, kind of excited for that. You know, I like, you know, I like watching wrestling. <laughs> period all right number five on this list adam priest now adam priest is a guy that i've had the pleasure of getting to watch wrestle four times live this year i gotta watch him wrestle tony deppin and gcw i gotta watch him at when colt winslow and i went to comic con he wrestled cabana man dan and mike jackson in a super fun triple threat match that will never see the light of day unfortunately but that match rocks uh, he worked John Wayne Murdoch at the ICW show in the pit. That was great. Oh, and then the fucking uh, Daniel McCabe match, which is my number two match of the year. Um, it is absolutely incredible that everybody it's from Action Wrestling's five year anniversary show that everybody needs to watch. But it rules. And then just everything else I've seen Adam Priest in this year has really just elevated him. He is like a world-class performer. Oh, has a, I didn't, shit, I didn't even mention this with Abe earlier. But he has a match uh, 
in WXW of all places against Abe. Like, dude went to Germany to wrestle earlier this year. Um, probably my favorite to win SCI this weekend, just for those listening. Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes. I really hope we get him versus Thatcher. As much as I would love Tank to advance, I really hope we get Adam Priest versus Thatcher. Um, but yeah, Adam Priest has just been on like this tear. I he's somebody that I can see even go higher than five, like by the time the year ends. So it's been really cool. Like just kind of see him blow up. Cause he's like local, like literally local to me. Like he, he is not far from here. So it's been cool to be able. And also too, to be able to watch him live in these different environments. I've seen him in a rec center in Georgia. I've seen him in a hotel in Alabama. I've seen him in the TWE arena in Tennessee, and I've seen him at a fucking anime convention. So <laughs> I just, for somebody to be able to adapt to all of that, I still rock in every sense. And then plus he's had like a match in deadlock pro. He's had several matches at the TWE arena that have been really good. So yeah, he, he rocks, but that Makabe match is like his crown jewel of the year. The Anthony Henry match from earlier that I mentioned. Um, from action, it rocks. So definitely watch out for those. Number four, I have Mizuki Wataze, um, from Gumbar Gumbari Pro. I I don't. Mm, he's such a under the radar guy because he literally only works Gumbari Pro and occasionally, occasionally works Tenru Project. But that's it. Like he d- did used to work DDT long ago, but has since been relegated. I don't fucking know to Gumbari Pro. I don't think he works like proper DDT anymore. So it's like you have to be seeking him out. But he has really put it together. It's some. This is a guy I have not like been a not actively have liked for a couple of years like i always thought he was kind of boring something this year a uh, switch went off i don't know every match i've seen him in has been great like legit that his case is not necessarily a quantity case it is a quality case yet again but unlike mickey knuckles where she only has three with Taze has like nine matches that i could like point you towards and they're all like great performances one way or the other like again i all the meguchi matches like i've already made mention of so i won't mention those again but like uh like i mean just a ton of six-man tags go watch the six-man taggies in from grindhouse uh february 23rd and that's another thing sometimes gumberry pro runs multiple shows on on the same day like they'll do like triple shots uh moonrise kingdom uh, go watch that six-man tag that he's in. I mean, God. A- any six-man tag. He has a title match with uh, Shinichiro Tomonaga from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Gonberry Pro, February 25th. Go check that out. And uh, he's currently wrestling. In- oh, shit. Well, he is wrestling in Zero One and is in the Fire Festival currently. So that's something that he is kind of... It's kind of weird when 2023-01 is like your breakout kind of like Riki of Fudo, for instance. But uh, yeah, Wataze has been amazing all year. I assume his Fire Festival run is going to be banger after banger. So I'm excited to see because I mean, he I mean, at this point, we're talking pretty much 
this top five that I have are all number one contenders. Uh, even from like six through ten, they're all great. None of them I could really see breaking out to be number one. All five of my top five I could see being number one. And at one point in the year have been number one. But yeah, go literally just YouTube Masuki Wataze or Gambari Pro. Watch all those matches that he's in. Go to his cage match and just start fucking searching. Because they all legitimately great. Number three. Top three time. This is somebody going in to making this list. I thought I would have it one. Um, and then after like really comparing case versus case versus case, I'm like, okay, he, he's probably three here. But somebody I could see sneaking into one, but just isn't. I have El Desperado at number three. Um, what can I say? Desperado has become one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, best of the Super Junior run was great. Uh, the deathmatch stuff he did in GCW was great. Both those my like the best Joey Janela match in like five years, like even better than the Joey Janela versus Abushi match. Great. The the six man uh, title stuff he did with Suzuki and Narita at the beginning of the year was really good. His Fantastica Mania run or tour was really good. Uh, he worked CML like I mentioned earlier against Mascara Dorada 2.0. And this doesn't even count the uh, the two death matches he's done, or he did Fourth of July weekend. And uh, there was another CML match. I think it maybe fell right after the cutoff, but it just made tape where it's like him and Templario versus I think Hechisiro and Dookie, which I can't imagine that match not fucking rocking. But yeah, Desperado is just he's on like another level right now. Honestly, like by far the best guy working new japan but he is breaking oh shit he's about to work freedoms um he's working ddt coming up uh like i said he just worked gcw somehow talked new japan into letting them run not one but two literal death matches he worked gcw death matches like just randomly i get i don't know the fucking prep or whatever I mean, that eight-man tag at the beginning of Forbidden Door where he's teaming with, like, Rapungi, Vice, and uh, Chuck Taylor, or Best Friends and Rocky Romero, however you want to say it, um, against um, Mogul Embassy was awesome um, for what it was. I mean, he he's just must-see. Like, he, he is the guy in New Japan right now. I wish, I so wish, that they would... Put him in the G1. Like, I don't understand why him and, like, Hiromu haven't been in the G1 yet. But, man, like, because Desperado is a guy I want to see against all the heavyweights in Japan. The only stuff I haven't seen from Desperado this year, I haven't seen any of, the, like, the U.S. New Japan shows he did. Like, the, I actually think it was, like, New Japan Strong Collision. I think they did like a couple of shows up in like Philadelphia or whatever. Haven't got to watch those yet. Um, and obviously like the stuff that fell out of the time frame, I haven't got to watch, but I'm already excited to watch those. But yeah, that's Desperado at three. Number two, we have John Moxley. Somebody that literally has just been an unreal run the last three years. I mean, arguably the best wrestler of the decade thus far. Um, 
I, you know, I'm not going to say objectively because obviously everybody thinks differently, but he is just great match after great match after great match after great match. Like it actually gets a little aggravating how often he has like great matches. I mean, what? I mean, what have I not mentioned? The Adam Page matches are great. The the match with Danielson against Top Flight is great. Uh, was there? No. One, two, three. Okay. The Alex uh, Coughlin match from Bloodsport, great. The Cutler-Nakazawa match that I mentioned earlier, great. Six-man tag title match, great. Ten-man match at Forbidden Door, great. I mean, he's just, he's, a, he's great. The Omega match, great. I mean... Yeah, that, that that's Moxley's case. Any word that has been said about John Moxley being a great wrestler the last three years, I echo that statement right here, right now. Uh, again, prob- probably the most talked about wrestler of the last few years. Like, so it is hard to like just come up with something new to say about him. I was I will say the only match that I haven't seen of his is like the Ishii match that I didn't get the chance to watch. Super pumped to see him in Blood and Guts, see what he does, especially against like fellow psychopath Kota Ibushi. So that should be really entertaining. But yeah, I mean, he has just been on another level. But I think there's been one guy this year that's been better. My number one, the guy that I think has been the best professional wrestler on the planet so far this year. Kazusada Higuchi from DDT Pro Wrestling. Um, Higuchi has always been a guy I have said since I saw him in DNA years ago I, and I hate coming across as like oh well, I'm a hipster with this guy but like as soon as he come across the scene I'm like oh my god he has like this the sumo background he has the hair he is Tenru he is Jinichiro Tenru made over wrestles like him is super big like him, super strong. Uh, the only thing he like, he focuses more on chops where Tenryu was a puncher. Um, but God, he has just become one of the best wrestlers on the planet consistently the last decade. Um, especially when DDT gives him the opportunity. Um, I think he really broke out last year when he won King of DDT and then went on to win the title. Um, shout out Nakajima. But, um, yeah, this year, I mean, what is there to say? He, a lot of his work this year has been mainly tag title stuff, but he does have the great King of DDT run. He does have the Hino title match. But a lot of his, like, great work has been in, like, these tag matches working opposite Hino or working with uh, Yuki Ishida versus just random teams. Like, he worked... uh it was Ishida versus uh, Kota uh, Umeda came back and worked. Uh, it was him and uh, Masada, Takeshi Masada, the DDT like trainee. Um, and that match rocked. I mean, nothing that Higuchi has done this year has been like less than very good, but he has had a ton of great stuff that has really like pushed him over the edge. And it's honestly crazy because like in a like because at, at this point when I was looking at the list, I was like, okay. Comparing Desperado, Moxley, Higuchi, they all have the quality that's there. Moxley and Higuchi more so than Desperado, which kind of knocked Desperado to three, like 
automatically. But Higuchi actually has the quantity versus Moxley, too, which is kind of insane considering Moxley is wrestling on TV every week or just about every week. But yeah, Higuchi is like my number one. Um, we love to see it. I'm, I'm super like happy with that with the number one. I mean, obviously, I made the fucking list. Like, duh. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really cool to see. I'm honestly super thrilled with how this list came out. Um, I do wish I would have watched more. Um, like if you look at my spreadsheet, I think. How many matches do I have on my spreadsheet? And my spreadsheet doesn't represent every match I've seen, but I have 496 matches on my spreadsheet, which means I probably have watched about 700 matches this year. Um, the spreadsheet is just the stuff I consider good, like three-star plus. So I so I am happy with that, because there is a point where you just have to cut it off, where you're like, okay, cutting it off. Because if I didn't, y'all would have got this list in September, like I said at the beginning of the show. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think of the list. Again, I will have this uh, the spreadsheet with the whole top 100 link in this podcast. Um, I'm not tweeting it out so that, that the list you see is the only way you'll see it. If you tweet it out, I don't give a shit. I'm not doing it because um, I want people to listen to the podcast. I want people to listen to my thoughts. You know, that's why I, I do this. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. Like tweet at me at Taren1495. Let me know who I should be keeping an eye out on the rest of the year. Or if I missed like some promotion that wasn't really represented on this list or whatever, like, let me know. I want, I want to hear it. So yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, again, this has been an AYCH extra exclusive. Um, so you can follow us at AYCH podcast on Twitter. Go listen to the main show. We have a ton of episodes. Um, if you've never listened before, go listen to it. It's fantastic. Some of my favorite memories ever have been captured on that podcast. So I'd really appreciate if y'all go check it out. And plus, we're you know over 300 episodes. I'd like to think we've gotten pretty good at it at this point. But also here on the extra feed, while you're here, uh, we have a little show called Backlog Boys. Uh, me, Colton Wenzel, going over some video game happenings of the month, usually, usually. Try we aim for two a month. Sometimes it ends up only being one a month, but we aim for two a month. Um, our most recent backlog boys, uh, we did almost seven hours on not E3 2023, where we went over like well over a hundred games, stuff like that. Uh AYCH, I'm trying to think. This week we had a banter episode come out. Um, coming up, we have like summer of fisting stuff continuing. We have a really cool taste test coming up for y'all to listen to, but also we have it, you know, 500 hours of audio you can just listen to on that feed right now, too, if you've never heard it. And I would say good. So go listen to it. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. Follow the podcast on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. I appreciate all of you that took the time to listen to this, and I hope you have a good rest of your week. Goodbye.